Hey, it's Gary and Shannon. You're about to embark on yet another great adventure with the Gary and Shannon Show. A reminder, we want you to make sure that you look at the iHeart app and hit the follow button on the Gary and Shannon Show podcast so that you can get updates on what's going on with our podcast. Don't forget to share it as well. Get it? It's adventure music. Also, share it on Facebook, Twitter, wherever you have that opportunity, and tell a friend about what you're listening to when you listen to the Gary and Shannon Show. We have a uh, new, well, actually, we have an old lineup here on KFI. We've changed <laughs> our numbers. Gary and Shannon uh, start from uh, 10 o'clock now. They go 10 to 2. Gary Hoffman. Yeah, this is permanent. Yeah, every day. Yeah, we'll see how that Until little, uh, uh, somebody else has uh, another bright idea. Shannon Farron. <laughs> my mouth hurts. Yeah. Yeah, my ears hurt. Gary and Shannon. So you got to stick around. Starting with wifey time. Why bad, why bad? Oh man, this place is in some some serious need of wipage. Clearly not. What the hell happened in here over the weekend? All I, mean, I this ask, can't all be from the morning show. Don't put fluids on the <laughs> Lord. And I mean, there's matter. There's there's. I'm there's hoping it's not gender here. fluid. Oh, for the love! But if it is. Just going to sterilize. Like, did somebody have a baby here over the weekend? Did somebody <laughs> what? so much, so uh, much stuff to clean up. turns out to be like the... Holy hell. You know what? If this is what's going to happen when Michelle's gone... It's like a war hospital somewhere in Kenny. It, it is. You I don't mean, need the a whole mic- lot of brains to go, like stroke, the, stroke, stroke, stroke. There's matter on the microphone. Happened in like here. Somebody made a hot pocket on I, this microphone. Can I get a mop or something? Gosh. What is going on? Even no, the, I don't want the any uh, like the red printer. jelly squirting out Look at this. Squirt. Look at this. Look at the, look at the white. Hold on. Meat. i got to wipe the. Look at that. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I know. Uh, what the hell? Okay. I haven't even. Look at just. Wipe that off. Okay. All right. All right. That's all. I don't know why we don't have people for this. Don't know why. Why do we need people for this? Why can't we just have a clean Look. workspace? Here's falling apart. Look at that. Oh, that's not good. What's going that's on? That's not good. This place is just. We're gonna have to pull uh, the weekend shows and uh. find out what happened. Furthermore, Dean Sharp should should be able to fix that chair, right? You know, he's here. You all right? No. Okay, that's better. All right. Sorry. Um, well, this would have been done earlier had the uh, had this not been left in a just a mode of disarray. Hmm. Hey, you had some nice uh, baseball seats. Oh my gosh! You Can were, I talk about? Listen, I you were I was, right there to see Puig mess up base running, yes. and it worked out. Yeah, that's the most frustrating. And you were That's like, the most frustrating. Just throw the yelling. ball. And you were right there. Seeger was right there in front of you, and you were yelling, uh, "Go to home! Go to home!" It's the right play, but well, anyway, just throw the ball. You can't. You can't. That's spring training. You got to work that out in spring training. I was lucky enough. My neighbor uh, has tickets, and he invited me to go. And there's no way I'm going to turn those down. So I went and had a great time. But I swear. Mm-hmm. Every baseball stadium in America should have a rule that if you are within 10 rows of the field... You don't get to use your phone. 
You put your damn phone for I two know. reasons. Number one, we were, uh, you know, if you've seen the new net, the netting goes all the way down the dugout. We were just past the netting. So you get a ball. Granted, you know, the chances of getting a line drive that that far down, you're going to get it in the melon and you're out. Like you're out, out. And you're a horse's bottom. There were, you know, what What were you doing? What happened? Oh, I got hit the game. Why'd you get hit the game? I was on my phone. I was playing uh, Candy Crush. No, no, no. It's the selfie thing. That That's oh. the part. It was, there were two women who were sitting two rows in I front of us. I understand if you have great seats like oh. that. When you get there, you take one picture. No, no, or you hold get on. The right picture. Right. You yeah. would go like this. You yeah. would turn your back to the field. Yes. And you'd take a picture of you with the field in the background and tag it something like, I am so close to the field, I can see Kike Hernandez's calves in his pants, yes. right? No, no. They're doing this. They're taking pictures of themselves sitting in the seat, so I'm in the background. Like, the people in the crowd, not – you can't tell how close they are to the field. It's just them and their big, dumb, blonde duck lips in the picture with it, I just, oh, I'm wearing my Dodgers jersey and it's buttoned like all the way down so you can totally see my clothes. Yeah. Look at that. Look at me. <laughs> I wanted, I was so, I wanted, I, I've never prayed for a foul ball. Wow. Just, and not to knock her out. I mean, that would have been mean. I mean, just, just bounce and maybe the guy in front of her catches it, but just enough to scare her. Oh, I just can't. And then watching all those games, I was watching Thursday, watch Friday, watch Saturday. If you're behind home plate and you know you're going to be on camera, watch the game. Oh, you know who was there yesterday, Blake? The uh, Marlins guy in oh, the, all the orange. And I said, oh, there's the Marlins guy. Oh, happy and I told you about My him. husband's like, who, well, who's that guy? And so I was able to tell the whole story. Look That's at you. Fantastic. Yeah, I had, but I had but he was wearing a Marlins jersey? He was. Bright orange. Well, because no one's bought his bought his uh, loyalty yet huh. remember he said it's up for bid yeah so tell the story briefly uh basically marlin's guy is a florida lawyer who went Mate. to a bunch of marlin's games for 25 years season tickets and he went to him this past season and was like hey you guys trade away all the guys and we suck now so how about i get a little bit of a discount i'll keep going to the games blah blah, blah. derek Jeter was like no you actually have to pay more and he's like see you later i'm gonna go be a fan of another team he was even going to prepay three years yeah. of seats. Yeah. And they Hundreds said, yeah. of thousands of dollars, yeah. and they He's, said no. You've seen him on a lot of like World Series playoff games, yep. a lot of stuff. He's right behind home plate. He totally out of place. Because he's, he's a big baseball fan. <laughs> right. I think they said he, he thinks he went to 160-something sporting events last year or something like Always that. Always wearing the bright yeah. orange Marlins jersey. Yesterday, when we, or last week, when we were throwing around the idea of winning $502 million in Powerball, and you said you would still come to work because yeah. work is good. Right. Wouldn't it be fun to spend your life, in fact, just going around to ballparks yeah. instead Different of games. being here yeah. with me every day? Tonight, going to the to the NCAA championship game? Right. Maybe just, you know, fly out there. Oh, did you see the end of the Notre Dame, the women's game? Uh, I only Three saw point that buzzer they shot. won. It was, a, it was at the buzzer. Three-point shot to win the game. It was tied up at 58. That's got to feel good. Anyway. <clears throat> we should talk about the news. Oh, there is that. Yeah. There is that. Hey, it's like um, Petrus and money in here today. When you uh, when you go into an abandoned cabin and start jumping on the floorboards, chances are you're going to fall through. How terrifying is it when we all woke up to this headline of a kid who goes down a drainage ditch in Griffith Park? And my first thought was, you'll float too. My first <laughs> thought was, oh my gosh, this is terrifying. Because my nephews over the weekend were just watching it for the first time. You'll float too. Yeah. 
And then all of a sudden you hear that this kid goes missing down a drainage dish. Wouldn't that just terrify you if you were 12? If you're if you're 12, 13, 14 years old and you're, you know, screwing around with your buddies in some abandoned shack in Griffith Park. But who doesn't do that? Well, uh, yeah, but you don't expect the floor to give way and your buddy to disappear. Yeah. Like gone. I just don't I don't think he was doing anything wrong. I mean, I know they climbed a fence and they were in an area where they wouldn't, but like that's what you do when you're that age. Right. You know, you're testing limits and boundaries and you're trying to find new stuff to play in and oh, crazy. I can't wait to hear this kid talk about it. 12 hours of searching, they said, uh, paid off early this morning when they found Jesse Hernandez in a manhole basically. They lifted a manhole because what they had been doing This is a closed system that he somehow fell into through the floorboards of this abandoned shack. And they said he probably fell 20, 25 feet into a sewer. And they don't, I mean, they did know where the outlets were, but that these were for the most part a closed system. So they had cameras on ropes, like 300 feet of rope, and they'd lower it down into these different uh, openings for the sewer and just search around. And then they'd also yell down the manholes, Jesse, Je-. Finally, early this morning, a crew was getting ready to open up a manhole to drop down yet another camera. They take off the manhole cover, and there's a 13-year-old boy looking at him. And he's like, hey, Charlie, come on down. You'll float, too. You'll float, too. And the red balloon that came up after him was, mm. uh, they popped it right away just to get it out of the way. The kid has to be... They they gave him a phone, I guess, so that he could call his family and say, hey, I'm cool. I smell funny. But they took him to a hospital to make sure that he was okay and also to um, sanitize him. It's an Easter miracle. The day after Easter? At some point in the show today, we're going to have to talk about how you and your family are bad people. I Because of what y'all did on Easter. Well... It's not bad. I mean, we did eventually give them candy, if that's what – I know what you're getting at. They did eventually get candy, and one of them ended up giving it back to I me. I can't understand the level of disappointment that I would feel if I was one of the kids. Okay. Well, uh, Easter happened to fall on April Fool's Day, and I thought it was a perfect opportunity to celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ by playing a trick on little children. We'll do that at some point in the show. We'll do that in the one o'clock hour because there were even... also there were also some great April Fool's jokes that uh, some corporations took on. Did you see that Hidden Valley Ranch came out with a makeup line? It smelled like salad dressing. Um, no, but uh, <laughs> we were watching the baseball game last night. Yes, and so on the so top on the crawl it says um, Charger signed Geno Smith. <laughs> and my husband, and so I'm like, I'm multitasking, and my husband goes, "Oh my gosh, look, Charger signed Geno Smith," and I'm like, "Are you serious right now? No way." And I'm like, oh, man, it's true. Okay, all right, whatever. That's uh, that's an interesting choice. Yeah, and you're already thinking, and like, how like am I going to sell this? 15 minutes go by. I'm looking at something on my phone or whatever, and my husband says, oh, look, the 49ers signed Cap again. I'm like, what? And I grabbed the phone, <laughs> and he's like, oh, April Fool's. I'm like, oh, I fell for the Geno Smith, you know, because I, it was already in the headspace of right. ridiculous signings. Surprise. That was a good one. He Did got he make me. it out of there without being punched? <clears throat> You didn't hit him, did no, you? No, 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 no. 
not a convincing no. No, I don't. I'm not into domestic violence. We uh, we have a thousand dollars. We're going to give away in just a few minutes. Brought to you by Cunning Dental. If you have sewer mouth, call Cunning Dental for a free exam. Triple eight six forty smile. Tell you how to win that. Also, an update on that crazy story out of Mendocino County. Now they're saying it is possible that the uh, the Hart family was driven off that cliff intentionally. We'll do that when we come back. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM six forty. Second, how about this? How about starting off the week with a thousand dollars? Here's how you can win it. Your shot at one thousand dollars now. Text the keyword luck to 200 200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and messaging rates apply. That's luck to 200 200. Hey, if you know a, a Muriel in Upland, a Mark in Grand Terrace, Grand Terrace, where the hell is that? That sounds fancy. Uh, yeah, that sounds like uh, it was written by someone who doesn't live in LA. Uh, Lupe in Victorville, Fred in Anaheim, Amanda in Ukaipa, Brenda in San Bernardino. You should call them because they have won the $1,000. They've just come into some money. Maybe they'll take you out to lunch. Uh, Grand Terrace way out in uh, where the 215 and the 10 meet up, huh. the Loma Linda area. Didn't even know. I've never heard of that You before. know why? Because people usually say Loma Linda area. Your chance to win next chance is going to be an hour from now. We're going to do it all the way through the show. In fact, all the way through the first hour of Conway's show tonight, your chance to win $1,000 an hour. Well, this story has gotten more strange every time we've visited it. It's the story of the Hart family, Jennifer, um, Jennifer and Sarah Hart. The married couple who had adopted six kids and who ended up being found dead off of a cliff up in Mendocino County. And originally, the story was just appeared to be tragedy because it's possible on that very windy stretch of road to lose control and go over the cliff. It happens, uh, unfortunately, too often. But now the CHP says they have pulled data from the Vehicles software, 2003 GMC Yukon. We wondered if there was going to be able to be any information available about how fast the car was going when it went off the cliff. What we, you know, how would we be able to find that out if it was tire marks or, or what? And it looks like, yeah, the information from the vehicles software shows that the car was stopped at a flat dirt pull-off area before it sped off the steep rocky face and plunged 100 feet. Crazy. The electronic information combined with the lack of skid marks or signs of braking have led investigators now to believe the crash was purposeful. Um, five members of the family were found dead. Search continues for three more children who ha- are believed to have been in the vehicle. And they still don't know exactly when this took place. They don't know when the wreck actually took place. They do know that it was found last Monday, but... They don't know if it was sometime over the previous weekend that it happened or just earlier on Monday. They knew it had been there for some time before it was found, of course, because of the condition of the bodies, the the temperature of the water, for example, that was pooled up in part portions of the car that had overturned, the, the SUV that had overturned. The car was found three days after CPS had opened up an investigation into this family. Uh, the family's neighbors had called CPS saying, yeah, one of the kids keeps coming over saying that they're hungry, they're being starved, he's asking for food. So CPS responds pretty quickly, tries to go out to the house, knocks on the door, tries to search the property three times to no avail. Um, and three days later is when... 
when this was found. Now, they did operate a search warrant at the house, and the authorities say that there's really nothing that they've found so far to to let them have any idea about motive, why this happened. No yeah. suicide note or anything. They're trying to find suicide notes, maybe receipts or um, Internet uh, confirmation emails or anything that would show them where the family was headed or if there was anything that they had planned to do and why they were in California in the first place. One of the mothers does have a record. She pleaded guilty in 2011 to a domestic assault charge in Douglas County, Minnesota, at the time telling authorities that she let her anger get out of control when spanking her six-year-old adopted daughter. I'm curious as to when they adopted the kids. Were all the kids adopted by 2011, or were they allowed to adopt more kids after this domestic assault charge? That's a good question. I don't I don't know much. I haven't been able to find out a lot about what... Um, Evolution of the family. Yeah. Yeah, I know. If Me they neither. started out as foster parents and got into the adoption, or because this is not the, uh, you know, the, the, those can be two very different worlds, adoption versus fostering. So there was one thing that I found interesting. A spokesman for the Mendocino County Sheriff's Office said that they believe that at least one felony was committed. And we don't know what that is because he didn't specify, but he was talking in the context of the social service authorities in Washington State having opened the case the weekend before they were found, the Friday before they were found on Monday. And we don't know if that pertains directly to some sort of abuse or if there was some some other issue that was going on. This is a... Uh, you know, piecing together this story after the deaths is making it is making it difficult. Coming up next, there's been a lot of talk today about Sinclair Broadcasting. Uh, a lot of anchors reciting the same script. Some people are calling it Trump propaganda. It is odd, but it was an edict that went out from this broadcaster that uh, its anchors read this on the air. And it seems they all read it kind of around the same time on the air and makes for some... From some interesting puppet odd, video. Odd viewing. Yeah. Uh, Gary and Shannon will continue. Laughing at one of the headlines, a story we're going to do a little bit later. The the district judge in New York who apologized that he's an underwear stealer. Oh, yeah, we're going to do that, I think, coming up next. I can't wait for this. You know, there's certain decorum that you expect from, from judges. You think. And so when you hear stories about people on the bench who are doing weird stuff, yeah. it just makes it that much better. It's not like you, Gary Hoffman, doing weird stuff, because we would buy that. If you were stealing neighbor, underwear from your neighbor, it would be like, okay, well, really? that's just one of his idiosyncrasies. Really? You think that you would just shrug that off as just a normal Monday? I could see you as being a covert uh, underwear stealer. Panty pilferer. Made it weird. Made it weird. Uh, Sinclair Broadcast Group owns about 200 TV stations around the country. Four digital multicast networks, uh, one cable network. They own the tennis channel of all things. They op- uh, operate a few radio stations. I'm not sure if they own Como now, where I used to work, but I know they own the TV station. On um, local news stations across the country last month, dozens of anchors gave the same speech to their combined millions of viewers. 
it was a warning about fake news. It was a promise to be fair when it came when it comes to reporting and accurate. Uh, and it, there was a request involved that viewers go to the station's website and comment if you believe our coverage is unfair. Well, what makes it weird is that this this came down from corporate, came down from the Sinclair offices just outside of Baltimore, and was required reading on the air for every single station that they own. Hi, I'm Fox San Antonio's Jessica Headley. And I'm Ryan Wolf. Our, our greatest, greatest responsibility, responsibility is, is to, to serve, serve our, our Treasure Valley communities. The El Paso Las Cruces communities. Eastern Iowa communities. Mid-Michigan communities. We are extremely proud of the quality, balanced journalism that CBS4 News produces. But we are concerned about country. Now, it, it goes on. I mean, this is just a, a supercut, basically, of all of these different anchors together. Our country. The sharing of biased and false news has become all too common on social media. More alarming, some media outlets publish these same fake stories without checking facts first. Uh, and then it goes on, and at the very end, it, like you said, it, it encourages them to go to the website uh, for whatever station they're listening to, watching, and comment if they feel like any of the news coverage is slant. So Sinclair's gotten a lot of flack because there were people saying this is Trump propaganda. These are news networks kind of uh, doubling down and admitting that there's fake news out there, and, and that's the, the line that the president toes and all this stuff. I don't have a problem with this. I don't either. Not at all. Well, like, I, and I think that, like, here at KFI, we have an understanding with people who listen to KFI that, hey, if you think something's crap, you know, you you've the listeners have always felt free to call the newsroom, <laughs> yes, to email us, to yes. say, what what is this? This is crap. And maybe they don't share that relationship with their viewers that we share. But I think that th- there's all, absolutely in the relationship that we have with the listeners is kind of like um, a, a mutual respect where they'll they'll call us out on stuff. Sure. I mean, th- nobody hesitates. Nobody would be like, oh, well, I think that that's fake, but I'm not going to I'm not going to say anything about it. One of the criticisms that Sinclair also gets is that they have specific um, specific things that they will come out of corporate that they require their stations to broadcast. Some of them may be uh, things about terrorism Commentators who speak in support of President Trump, speeches from company executives, they referred to as must runs. The company, the TV station must run whatever package that comes down from corporate. Those can make uh, a newsroom uncomfortable because you don't want to be seen as simply a puppet for corporations, parroting whatever the corporate fathers and mothers want you to do and want you to say. But this is, uh, I mean, the, the entire speech itself is basically an indictment of people sharing the wrong news and sharing things that are not factual. And, it, you know, it's basically a, a pledge to whoever's watching or listening that they will try to do their best and make sure that everything that they say is truthful and sticks to the facts. I don't understand why people would be upset with this, but they're not upset with the Washington Post, I think it is now, that has the, uh, brings their slogan back, democracy dies in darkness. Which is a great slogan. The only time they started using it was after President Trump took office. Well, and I think that that's not a bad thing because 
this campaign saw so much fake news, whether it came from Russia or the DNC or the RNC. It was a time, and we talked about it on the show, this was a time to pay attention because people are selling their fake goods to you left and right on social media. Do your own homework. Do your own research. Come to your own conclusions. I don't have a problem with democracy dies in darkness because the number of people, because John and Ken, I mean, this is one of their, like, the things that I learned so much from them. If you don't pay attention to what, everyone does in Washington or Sacramento or L.A. City Hall, for that matter, then they're going to do whatever the hell they want to do. You be damned. Um, So you do have to pay attention. It is like our duty to to make sure we know what's going on. And it's frustrating that this type of I mean, this is addressing an issue, like you said, that goes back years now and that we have all fallen prey to. We've all fallen for these bad stories at different times. And they continue today. I mean, just to, to use an example of. The Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School and the kids who have come out and become activists as a result of that, describing them as uh, uh, crisis actors was one of the things. And it's I mean, still to this day, we're talking seven weeks after that shooting. Some of those kids are still being accused of faking the fact that they were at schools. And then if you challenge somebody about that, especially on social media, their response is not hey, you know, maybe I'm going to go do my own homework and I'm going to watch all the interviews and I'm going to read as much as I can about David Hogg or whoever. But instead, they'll simply repost another video well, which shows, I mean, it that doesn't advance the argument at all and someone else's homework is done. And you have to be so careful. This is like back the, when the when the New York Sun was trying to get readers in the in the 1800s and, and went on and, and blasted a articles about bat people on the front page to get readership and it works right and there's such a race online with this new world here of advertising hits and and all that to to get more readers to to boast more cumulative uh viewers and all of that that you have to be more careful now because the bat people stories as we saw during the campaign have come back now you and i aren't the ones to fall prey to hillary clinton running a child sex ring out of a pizza parlor story because whenever there's a political bent our 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 uh our antenna go our up. antenna yeah. go up but we sometimes fall prey to the flesh eating amoeba Wiping out population stories. Now, there is some good news. I'll say this. There are some positive and humorous takes on what is fake news. Actually, in the 1 o'clock hour, we're going to talk about some great April Fool's jokes from yesterday. Yours wasn't one of them. The one that you did on those children. If you want to talk to them about the the pain uh, and anger that they went through. I think you should talk to them about the pain and anger. Some great Public companies uh, trolled us all over the weekend. So we'll talk about that in the 1 o'clock hour. In the meantime, we'll come back and talk about the serial underwear stealer. Why a panty pilferer is making headlines in New York State. I don't know if you would take, like, panties. (laughs) I don't think you're a panties person. I'm on a lead. Next hour, we're going to get into this story that perturbed the president over the weekend. Uh, Governor Jerry Brown, in an annual tradition, pardoned a bunch of people, including five former convicts, felons who were facing deportation. So we'll talk about that, the details of uh, exactly who it is that he pardoned and why. Well, uh, it's due to New York. 
Robert Sakale has been removed from the bench. Mm. He was a Suffolk County District Judge. Police say he repeatedly broke into his neighbor's home to steal her underwear. He has confessed to snatching panties on multiple occasions, even though he has pleaded not guilty. He is a married father of three children. Soon to be was married. Accused of sneaking into the home across the street. This is the underwear of a 23-year-old woman who lives there with her parents. Okay. Okay. Uh, You want to pull the car over right here? I'm not. I'm just slowing down. I'm not pulling it over just yet. I'm just slowing down. He's the married father of three young children. Um, if if you that can be tough. If you found that out, that can be tough. Oh yeah, I'm not saying I it's mean, not. Three kids, three is kids, a circus. A lot of time Two going on. Two kids can be manageable. Three is nobody, a madhouse. Nobody keeps uh, anyway. <laughs> you know, maybe it's been a while since he's. Uh, they've been romantic. Oh right, I okay. I'm not sure I make the logical jump to breaking into the neighbor's house, uh, opening her dirty clothes hamper, and stealing her underpants. He works long days at the no, courthouse. No, see now, now I feel like you're making excuses for the guy. He knew this 23 year old girl when she worked as an intern at the town attorney's office in Islip, New York, when he used to work there. Is it worse to steal underwear from a stranger or a non-stranger? I have never stolen underpants from anyone, so quick, I do not know. Quick gas, go around oh, here, boy. Blake. Let's hey, just get this settled. Like this is going to get us in trouble. Is it better to steal underwear from a stranger or non-stranger? Blake. For <laughs> the sexual proclivities? Yes. Stranger, it's better. Go for stranger. is better. Okay. Nick. Yeah. yeah, I'd say don't steal from I someone mean, you I mean, we don't really know what he was doing with the underwear. We don't know if he was using it for sexual proclivities. No, he did say that he would only go in there and steal the underwear upon feeling urges. Yeah, stranger. Okay. Yeah, okay. I agree. All right. Um, wait, Blake, I have a question, though. Yep. Just for your sidelight off the gas go around here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you said you asked if it was for sexual proclivities. Uh, what would be the other reason for stealing a stranger's underpants? You're out of microfiber cloths because they are made quite soft. Uh, the under, the women's I don't want to hear about right. you and women's underwear right. ever again. You Amy made King. me come up with a reason. King. Using them as rags. Okay. Amy King, stranger. <laughs> stranger. All right. And I'm talking about Blake's little story. <laughs> Judge Sirkale was taken into custody after an incident happened about 9 a.m. last week, Thursday, when uh, the, she was alone. She was sleeping, but woke up when she heard a door open and yells out, Hello? And sees Judge Sakale, again, the neighbor from across the street, Mm. standing in her doorway. He turns around, runs away. She closes the door, locks it, calls mom. Mom calls 911. When the cops roll up, they see him walking up to a different house, pretending to knock on the door. They approach him because he matches the description of the guy in the hallway. Right. They reportedly found several pairs of women's underwear on him. No, you're leaving something out there. Yes, I am. It's, uh, I don't know why you're leaving something out there. Your sunny side up. Uh, he... Keep it up the side that gets blue. don't understand why you played that. He said that his reputation, sorry, defense attorney, speaking of the judge, says his reputation through the court is stellar. Every judge, every lawyer respects him. Listen, this guy seems to have just cracked under some sort of pressure. Don't we give him a second chance? 
Don't we take him to a Victoria's Secret? Maybe take him shopping? <laughs> Give him a shopping spree. And then... Five uh, minutes. Grab maybe, as much as you can. Maybe he works it out. Uh, seriously? Uh, if, I, if I came home with pockets full of soiled women's underwear on me, and my wife just did a, even just a like cursory sweep of, hey, what's that in your pocket? Those are really too big for, or those are not mine, whatever. That's not my oh, color. Oh, so you're into big underwear. Is that what we just learned? Big granny panties? Yeah. Let's just assume that if that had happened, <laughs> I am, I'm pretty certain you might never hear from me again. I think that your wife would keep that in the home. I don't think that she would leave you over it, and I don't think she would publicize it. That could be something that oh, you no. guys worked out. She wouldn't leave me. She'd make me leave, and I think that's a big difference. <laughs> okay. He's a family man. He's always outside playing basketball so like, with his kids, according to his guy neighbor. Or the solid jewel tones. Just the just or or. Floral, just a nude, just a nude, nude granny panty, nude granny, like a yeah. satin or a cotton. I don't know what the difference is. Or a silk, <laughs> silk, satin's kind of shiny. Okay. Silk is expensive, right? And cotton is uh... cotton's just kind of the workman style, right? Right. Wait, is this for microfiber car purposes or stop it, Blake? There are no microfiber underwears. <laughs> underwears, well, that shows you how many times Blake has seen a woman's underwear. Jerry Brown <laughs> will go into the uh, six wet. Is that the wing he is at, at the hospital? Six wet. We're going to have to check. I don't know if they moved him. Okay. Well, rooms. we'll have to ask the, the nurse, yeah. the night nurse. We'll talk about uh, Jerry slipping off this, uh, shuffling off this mortal coil, it seems. At oh, least mentally. And we also have to tell you about how Nick almost killed or did kill Corey Feldman kind hey, of wait a minute. this morning. Gary and Shannon will continue right after this. Shannon, KFI AM 640, more stimulating talk coming up in the next hour. Affluenza teen is a free person. Remember that little special apple and his apple parents? I believe mom was the, the biggest uh, apple mom, perpetrator. Mom was the one who took him to Mexico. Remember, he wasn't going to go to jail. He was only going to be on probation despite killing four people. I think it was four people in a car accident. And then using the defense that he was just... Brought up among wealth and didn't realize that you had to pay a price, that there were consequences for uh, actions like, oh, I don't know, vehicular manslaughter. He was not going to go to jail until his mom tried to take him to Mexico to hide from the authorities. He was going to get away with probation. Anyway, so he's out of jail on that probation violation, finally. Finally? Or anyway. Unfortunately. Oh, you know what we should do is we should keep our voices down a little bit. Why? Well, because oh, yeah, we should respect setting. other other people. There are people here visiting their loved ones, and uh, yeah, it's still early. Well, we we um we find ourselves at the bedside of Governor Jerry Brown because it appears that he's slipping. Um, we noticed it a couple of weeks ago when he started talking about 
He started High swearing. He started swearing on 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 the microphone. And there's a time. Uh, there's and, a time. And, and saying, "How are we going to get high speed rail done? We're going to go to Congress, and we're going to get the trillion dollars to do it." And he's just not making any sense. Like it's not a trillion dollar situation, even though if he was in charge of it completely, it probably would get to be a trillion dollars. And the sad part is, I mean, dementia touches a lot of people. Can't we just get him a? Can't we just age. get him a, a train set and be done with this? And just throw it at him. Well, what like we could really do is speed. we could just put it around the hospital bed here, oh, like he's a Christmas a tree. He's a Christmas tree. Because <laughs> in the trains that goes around. Um, but but when when dementia comes on, I mean, it's not something to be joked about. And no, and, and it's so hard to. It's like you can't say anything to him. Well, for, he doesn't for two know. reasons. Yeah, he, he doesn't realize. Right. He, he doesn't realize that he's losing grip with reality. But you know when de- dementia is a real problem? Um, when the person with dementia has the ability to let convicts loose. You know, uh, people that have uh, beaten their wives and kidnapped people and robbed them and dealt drugs on well, a massive did, scale. I think I saw his eyes flutter. Oh, that's... That's just because he heard keywords that he enjoys, like oh. kidnappers and robbers and, you know, the, the the forgotten people of the state, the disenfranchised. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he looks so peaceful. There were 60 pardons and commutations that Jerry here granted on Friday, which happened to be, of course, Good Friday for some of those people and the start of Passover. He granted these pardons and commutations uh, to those who have been out of custody for at least 10 years, and he says exhibited exemplary behavior oh my gosh. after their convictions. You know what we need is some violin music for the way that the L.A. Times and the Washington Post are writing up these stories <laughs> of these felons. I, I mean, I, can we turn off his oxygen? Just Well, you don't want to turn off his oxygen. Well... I just turned it down. Oh. He's fine. Oh, you turned the beeping down. Yeah. Okay. He's fine. Right. Just making sure. I don't want you to turn off his oxygen. Here we go. Two of the immigrants who were granted pardons came to the United States as child refugees. Shaka Khan. I'm not kidding. No. I think that's... Sokachan. <laughs> it's close to Shaka Khan. Came from Cambodia at age 13. Well, that sounds horrible. Why? His family we would definitely pardon had him escaped coming from in the seventies. Oh, he yeah. lost his U.S. legal status in two thousand two when he was convicted of inflicting corporal injury on spouse or cohabitant and threatening a crime with the intent to terrorize both that, misdemeanors. That sounds, that sounds like the guy we want to. He pardon. served nearly a year in jail. Do you see what they're doing with the language? This is, again, thank you for your service kind of stuff. Nearly He served a year in jail. He served nearly a year in jail and three years of probation. Thank you for your service, Shaka Khan. No, Shaka Khan. Poor man. What about Fon? He volunteers at his local temple now, so I guess that whole beating his wife thing is just swept under the rug. What about Fon Fee? Another Cambodian refugee. No, he was from Thailand. Oh, he was born in Thailand. Excuse me, you're right. And he came over from Cambodia. You're right. He served six months for possession of a controlled substance for sale and obstructing a police officer. 
I think you're right. Even the order in which they say it is wrong. He right. served six months for doing this. How about this? He was popped for possession of a controlled substance for sale. That's selling drugs, kids. And obstructing a police officer and got popped for six months in jail for it. Three others who received pardons are Francisco Acevedo Alainez. He was convicted of vehicle theft in 1997. But now he's active in his church. Oh. Oh, here's a good one. This oh. guy's good. Daniel Maher. This oh. is one of my favorites. Love this guy. Yes. Yeah, he he also must have had a hard upbringing. Okay, originally from Macau. They moved to the US legally when he was 3 years old. Oh, and then things took a turn. In 1995, he was convicted of kidnapping, robbery and firearms charges. Oops. But now he's a program director of a recycling program up in Berkeley. So all that kidnapping, robbery, guns charges thing is over. The fifth guy was Sergio Mena, also sentenced and put on probation for three years for possession of a controlled substance for sale. Oh. Can we hear again if that oxygen machine is working? I'm not sure it's still on. I don't think I want to turn it back on. Well, No, no, it should be on. We should... We're not the ones who get to decide when Fine. he shuffles off this mortal coil, but I think it's time we say to uh, we say to Jerry, it's okay. It's just it's just annoying uh, when you have an opportunity to kick people out of the country who have committed crimes, and because they're here illegally, you give them a free pass. Jerry. Uh, should we talk about how Nick killed uh, Corey Feldman? Oh yeah. Speaking of, by the way, Jerry, it's okay to go on to the light. No, we're not. We're not telling him to go to the light. I'm not going to have this man's blood on my hands. He's not. Uh, so this morning, we talked about Corey Feldman last week, and Nick was in constant talks with Corey Feldman's manager. About Trying to work out a deal getting to him get on, him on the show. Getting him on the program. And uh, Nick, I've never heard him this upset this morning, says at one point in the office, oh, Corey Feldman passed. And I said, What? <laughs> I thought that meant Corey Feldman I, died. I think he might as well be dead to us. Oh, Nick, you're making it sound and so horrific. It was just that he passed on the interview. I was just bummed. You were That's bummed, all. yeah. Yeah. Me and Michelle were trying so hard for yeah. like a week. Well, I thought he was dead. I and I was too. like, why are you so upset, Nick? We'll have a whole show of this. <laughs> we don't have to worry about planning the show anymore. Corey Feldman died. Like, the show is written. But he didn't. No, he didn't. Okay. He's alive. He I might, think... though. That jab wound. <laughs> the jab wound? Right. You've had hangnails bigger than that jab wound. <laughs> I've never been jab wounded, though. Not by a wolf pack, you haven't. You better watch that mouth. Yeah. Well, never mind. Still alive. When, when we come back, yeah, Corey Feldman's still alive. When we come back, um, the story of the Stefan Clark shooting up in Sacramento got a little weirder once again when a Sheriff's Department SUV apparently hit one of the protesters. Uh, this only makes a very tense situation even more tense. We'll talk about that. Plus, an opportunity for you to win $1,000 coming up. Do you have meth mouth? You got a nasty mouth? You got a mouth like Jerry Brown's brain? You can call Cutting Dental for a free exam. God, that, you out John Cobelt at that one. Triple H. California's I- iconic salmon runs. Triple H, 640 smile. We'll tell you how you can win that money. Coming up in just a few minutes right here on the Gary and Shannon Show. I've been running through the jungle, I've been crying with you.
start the week that I've heard of in a long time. $1,000 in your pocket. Here's how you can win it. Your shot at $1,000 now. Text the keyword bank to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and messaging rates apply. That's bank to 200-200. And you should answer the phone even if it's from a number you don't recognize. Because if you win, they will call you. Like Fred in Anaheim, he answered the phone. They gave him a 1000 bucks. Your next chance to win is going to be an hour from now. In fact, you have a chance to win all the way through the Conway Show. The first hour of the Conway Show tonight thousand dollars an hour here on kfi i was up in sacramento over the weekend saw protesters <laughs> scattered oh, i thought you were going to say you saw wilson phillips yeah we're not going to talk about that oh uh, saw protesters scattered at uh, different intersections i mean just protesters that weren't in part of a larger protest just were out there which is odd you don't usually see that there have just been days of protests over the killing of Stephon Clark, 22 years old, unarmed black man shot by police back uh, March 18th, I believe, in Sacramento in his grandparents' backyard. There were reports that the police were responding to someone breaking into cars and homes in the area. Um, well, over the weekend, a 61-year-old woman was hit by a police vehicle as it was uh, there responding to protests. Wanda Cleveland is the woman who was hit. She is a local activist. She was hit in her right leg and taken to a hospital. She was treated for injuries to her arm and back of the head and released. This video that shows the actual incident is pretty interesting because it's uh, Florin Road, south of downtown Sacramento. And there's a group of protesters there chanting slogans like, uh, like say his name, Stefan Clark, all as they're kind of weaving in and out of traffic, and traffic is sort of weaving in and out of the protesters. They're they're there to block traffic and to cause problems. And a group of what appears to be about two dozen people show up and surround a sheriff's cruiser, sheriff's department cruiser from Sacramento County. And they start they start chanting, when people are occupied, resistance is justified. So the deputy or deputies, whoever's inside this thing, light up the siren. Uh, they, they light up the light bar and blare the siren. Another sheriff's department vehicle pulls up behind them in uh, what appears to be an attempt to back up the first one. And you hear one of the deputies flip on the PA and say, back away from the vehicle or back away from my vehicle. And after a few moments, the first cruiser, the guy takes his foot off the brake and they start to pull forward a little bit. And this woman shows up from the crowd and is between both of the SUVs, okay? Big, giant, multi-thousand-pound vehicles, and she's in between them. The second cruiser hits her, she hits the ground. Uh, the long video, the, the version that we've seen, doesn't show them circling back to see what the problem was or if there was a problem. It's possible it doesn't seem likely, but it is possible that the deputy driving didn't know he hit her. But they take off. Fire and rescue shows up about seven minutes later to load her into a stretcher and uh, take her to an ambulance nearby and then take her to the hospital. She has attended nearly every city council meeting for the last three years. Uh, she often speaks during public comment about homelessness, particularly the city's anti-camping ordinance. What do you do if you're a deputy in that? They're, they're, well, the cruisers, I'm looking at the video now, are just surrounded by people. It's yeah. dark out. And they're uh, they're smacking them with the signs. Right. Uh, they said that there were dense scratches. They uh, shattered a rear window in one of the SUVs. 
So if you're if you're the the deputy, I mean, what do you do at that point? You're surrounded by people who are uh, to there to, you know, mob mentality can be a crazy thing. And whether or not they wanted it to be a peaceful protest, all it takes is a couple of people to get it in their mind that they're going to be violent. Open, try to open that car door and pull those deputies out, and all hell breaks loose. I mean, it would be terrifying if you were one of those deputies. So the best course of action is for you to just pull forward and move out of that situation. And it sounds like they, you know, I, I don't know. Again, I don't know if they knew that she was hit or not, but it just makes, it just adds tension to this already ridiculously tense situation in Sacramento. Uh, we have a lot coming up today. We are also going to get into, at about one thirty the story of what's going on on Wall Street today. Big tech sell-off. There are concerns about uh, the trade war that seems to be brewing between yeah. the United States and China. China has officially raised import duties on pork, apples, and other products coming from here. I mean, people are saying it's a pretty small move. God bless you. God bless you. Pretty small move, but investors are worried that, yeah, like you said, it could uh, it could signal an even bigger trade war that's going to obviously hurt global commerce uh, company profits. Tyson Foods, among one of the biggest losers on Wall Street, uh, investors are also dumping some other other recent favorites, tech companies, Microsoft, Amazon. So, so it's dragged the Dow down over seven hundred points at some times. Right now, it's down six hundred and seventy-eight. So we saw the same thing happen when the president came out and said there's going to be tariffs on China, and then over the next couple days, when everyone kind of had cooler heads about the whole thing, the, the market rebounded at least about fifty percent or so. Yeah. So uh, the Dow down three percent, S and P five hundred is down three, Nasdaq is down three. We'll see how this ends up, and at one thirty, we'll get into some more details about. Once the once Wall Street closes up for the day, get some of the uh, sort of the silt that falls to the bottom and figure out what's going on. That's all coming up. The but silt. In, in a few moments, Hollywood is rolling out the red carpet for a uh, for the crown prince of Saudi Arabia. Looks like Hollywood needs some Saudi money, needs some Saudi cash. So let the butt kissing begin. <laughs> Gary and Shannon will continue in just a moment. I like that you There are there are sometimes when you say things that are clearly not meant for to be that way. Republic consumption. I know that. Mm. And I apologize. No, that was great. That was funny. (laughs) Mohammed bin Salman. He is the rock star of Saudi Arabia. 32-year-old crown prince. And he is going to get the red carpet treatment when he comes to the United States, L.A., particularly this week. He is the royal heir apparent. He learned English by watching films as a child. He is going to be at all of the big name stars, homes and uh, offices in, in Hollywood. Why? Well, ever since Saudi Arabia ended its 35 year ban on movie theaters in December, cinema owners and studios in the U.S. have just been doing this. Yeah. Does that you hear that? I can. 
don't know why you have to rub your calves together, though. It'd be more appropriate if you rub your hands together. Like, like ooh, a new market has opened up. The thing is, uh, China, which had been providing a lot of money, a lot of investment in Hollywood, has kind of dried up. They started writing checks because of the crackdown on foreign investments, leverage deals that we used to read about all the time. Plus, I mean, in all honesty, this administration has said we are going to stop allowing China to take advantage of us. And that is being felt right here in Hollywood. So it's giving Saudi Arabia a window of opportunity here. Uh, Industry executives see this kingdom as a lucrative new market for movies. A potential source of much-needed funding, financing. Now, it's kind of rich when you think about this this partnership, right? I mean, Saudi Arabia only recently promised women the right to drive. Saudi Arabia is a market ripe for the studios. Uh, it has 32 million people, most of whom are under 30 years old. Many have significant disposable income. Unfortunately, though, a lack of entertainment options. So what do you think about just theater chains exploding over there? You can see that happening. Yeah, you think about the disposable income, all the stories. Nick was reminding me this morning, all the stories we get, how the princes come out here and they get the, the those beautiful homes in the Hollywood Hills. Right. And they just fall for like th- three weeks out of the year and just leave. And the best option detritus. at that point is just to burn it from the inside. Yeah. And <laughs> cleanse it with fire. There is a big challenge, though. There are heavy restrictions in the Saudi market on what kinds of movies will be allowed in a country that is adverse to depictions of sex and nudity. Well, there's that is just about every movie. Films will be censored to ensure they reflect the kingdom's moral values. Men and women could be segregated in theaters. I would have actually appreciated that when I went to go see that Fifty Shades of Grey movie. I didn't need to see that with strange men in the middle of the day in Burbank. But anyway. Uh, it, it's interesting, though. You wonder almost if, if how much money is to be made in Saudi Arabia and if studios will start catering to that market. I think that possibly, but it seems really super specific. I think it's more likely that the the money that would come from Saudi Arabia would be to sm- smaller budget, smaller films that would hyper target that that market, perhaps, but wouldn't be. It wouldn't be released internationally necessarily. The L.A. Times said that Saudi Arabia's interest in Hollywood is uh, kind of like a get in line situation. And we've seen a long line of investors uh, from Japan, Germany, India, some Middle Eastern nations who also wanted to get in on the action, but it didn't really work out. Uh, entertainment business lawyer Elsa Ramo says that it is a courtship process, that everybody's in the dating phase right now. What can you do for me? What can you do for me? Entertainment executives who meet with the prince this week and other dignitaries are hoping to learn more about the country's plans. I don't know. Plans make it sound like uh, they're going to... This is not going to How be... How much will they spend on entertainment projects? How much money are they looking to pour into Hollywood? And is it worth it kind of a thing? Well, and, and that, and they have to they have to couple that with the community changes i mean the cultural changes that they say that they're going through you know cultural economic reform that was started uh recently like you said i mean it it wasn't that long ago that they gave women the right to drive and even then they're like well 
we don't want you to, but what the hell? You're already here. You might as well take me to the grocery store. This guy, uh, Mohammed bin Salman, is, like I said in the beginning, a bit of a rock star. He's seen as kind of like a reformer. He did a recent interview with 60 Minutes, and he spoke fondly of the days before the royal family started enforcing strict observance of Islamic law after, you know, 1979. And he says, we were living a very normal life like the rest of the Gulf countries. Women were driving cars. There were movie theaters in Saudi Arabia. Women worked everywhere. We were just normal people developing like any other country in the world until 79. Which seems like he would want it to go back to the way that it was. But you know what this, you know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of Pope Francis and the Catholic Church. Yeah. In that. Pope Francis is being credited for being, you know, a reformer within the Catholic Church and, you know, uh, taking softer stances on uh, sexuality or something like that. He's not. He's not really changing what's going on in the Catholic Church. The the uh, the liturgy is the same the, all of the, the moral codes of, of Catholicism are still in place. He's just looking at them differently and talking about them differently. Like and that's hell, almost like, like this, last week when, yeah. he, when he sent the uh, Vatican PR office into an S-storm of holy hell. He did what? <laughs> Get it. But in this case, this is the same thing. I mean, he's talking about, right. you know, the good old days when women were allowed to drive and were, were allowed to uh, take part in society. But a lot of people say this guy is, I mean, he's talking about reforming. But he's really not doing much about it. It's still a very restrictive society. Uh, You still do not have freedom of speech, anything similar to what you would see in the United States. You still don't have people that know what it's like to regularly go to the theater. That hasn't been a thing there. So you'd have to, like, build up that that habit. Um, There are a number of shopping malls under construction there that have already included movie screens in their plans and many more that have space that could be adapted for that. But like you're saying about the restrictions, you know, there are unrelated men and women who are not able to sit together in theaters. So you got to work on that design issue. Are they going to have separate auditoriums for men and women? Uh, they said that they could designate the theaters as family venues, so that would eliminate the need for separate seating. But there's just all of these uh, odd Odd, rules. odd hurdles that odd they have to get yeah. over if they're going to make any money in the Saudi Arabian market. All right. Uh, when we come back, you uh, may be eligible for some compensation because of the Las Vegas shooting back in October. But a lot of people haven't applied. And there are thousands and thousands of uh, people out there who may be eligible for this compensation. We'll talk about it, how you can get it when we come back. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640. Some of the stories happening today, that 13-year-old kid who disappeared yesterday afternoon in uh, Griffith Park. He and some buddies were screwing around where they shouldn't have been, and he was on an abandoned shed or a shack, and he's jumping on the floorboards and falls all the way through into the sewer. They found him this morning, alive and well. And no clowns. And stinky. No clowns. Oh, Pennywise. Why did I not fall? Anyway, a busy Twitter weekend for the president as well. He talked about Amazon and DACA and NAFTA and Jerry Brown. 
busy, busy, busy thumbs over the weekend. And affluenza teen Ethan Couch is out of jail. Remember that story about how the defense was that he just grew up in a place where he had too much. And uh, his wealth made him think that he could get away with stuff and that there wouldn't be punishments for his transgressions like killing people. Also tonight, Michigan, Villanova, the NCAA championship, which is great. I mean, for March Madness ending in April, but real March Madness takes place in the Gary and Shannon baby animal bracket. Oh, what's going on? We are down to the final four. I'm going to list for you the final four. You can can vote now at KFIAM640.com. Oh, my gosh. I'm really excited about this unveiling right now. Use the keyword Gary and Shannon. We have four very high-seeded animals that are getting in here. Baby goat will take on baby giraffe. Oh, my gosh. That is going to be a barn burner. In one of the semifinals. Baby hedgehog against baby duckling in the other. Wow. That's pretty amazing. And so baby sloth yeah. can get into the final no, four. No, not at all. I think baby kitten also got bounced out. I have a chance at my final being correct. What did you pick? Hedgehog giraffe versus? And, giraffe and hedgehog. That's oh, a strong choice. That is a good one. It's was a strong choice. Wasn't that last year's final two? It might have been. Because we I had. I think it. I did research. We had, I know we had April, the, the giraffe, giraffe was yep. in there because she, it was that whole giraffe being born craze. And then Baby Hedgehog, I think, was the winner of the whole thing. I think giraffe won. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh. I'm pretty sure it was Hedgehog. I think it was Hedgehog. Okay. Gary and Shannon, KFIAM640.com. Baby Sloth was in there for the final four last year. I think you're right. Um, and a then a little slow. <laughs> Baby duckling out of nowhere this year. Yeah. Like, who good, saw that coming? I think that's a strong picture, too. I think that we can credit the picture for slanting some of the votes on that. Yeah, agree. Um, anyway, that's uh, on the website if you want to do I that. I don't know if I can pick between Baby Goat and Baby Giraffe. Well, you're going to have to. You brought this up. Have you ever held a baby goat? If you didn't want me to do six minutes on baby animals, you shouldn't have brought it up. You ever held a baby goat? No. It's like holding a puppy. It is like holding a gift from God. It's amazing. They scream, and they scream up until you get oh, them up they in the are arms, so but sweet. then they just sit there, and they love I'm going to have to go with the baby goat, because I've never met a baby giraffe. Just imagine what a baby giraffe Baby, I think I'm going to go with baby duckling. Yep. Uh, and I think this week is when we'll do the finals. So we'll have an announcement a little bit later. Oh! <gasps> Yes. Can't we do the finals in a couple of weeks? <laughs> no. Oh. We're not waiting. Um, there is a uh, there are a couple of funds out there that very few people know about. Yeah, California Cal- Sorry. California Victim Compensation <clears throat> Board. I'd never heard of that before. Is a state agency that assists victims of crime. Been around for decades. There's also one in Nevada. There is a a fund called Nevada Victims of Crime and both of them say they have a lot of money to hand out to people who were in Las Vegas at the time of the shooting back on October 1st of last year that killed 58 people. There were 22,000 concert attendees and 14,000 were from California. And many of, of those people could apply for financial assistance. Uh, it's available to cover lost wages, funeral expenses, counseling, other medical bills. It makes It makes perfect sense that... Very few people know about these funds. That that I can understand. But now we're talking about six months after the shooting. And 
very few people, just in terms of the numbers, very few people have applied for the assistance. This is this is not just it's not like a gift of random cash. It's for you to cover the wages, funeral expenses, the medical bills, the counseling, that sort of thing that you would that you would find that you need medical copays, stuff like that. And now, especially six months later, some of the people who felt like they got away and didn't have any after effects, I mean, outside of a terrifying night in Vegas, they weren't physically injured. They weren't um, immediately racked with some sort of PTSD. But they're realizing months later, maybe there are some lingering effects. Maybe I do need to talk to somebody about this. If you're at the concert, you have up to three years to submit claims for reimbursements of up to 70 grand. Uh, Californians are also eligible to apply for up to 35 grand in reimbursements through the Nevada program. But that think, deadline is October 1st, right, one so year from the day. They're also saying that they they do have – you don't have to be a uh, a resident of Nevada or California. You can apply to both of them because they're working so close together because this was truly a – you know, although it did take place in Nevada because of the sheer number of people from California, they considered it a California event as well. But they're talking about – People in Oregon that apply to victim compensation funds would not be turned away if you lived in Oregon and you travel down there. That they have victims from several different states that have applied, even some from Canada as well. And again, the majority of this now would probably be for medical bills, um, for mental health counseling sessions, and this could help pay for it. So you can go to a couple of places again to, to check out exactly the application process for Nevada, voc.nv.gov, victims of crime, voc.nv.gov, and then California is just victims.ca.gov, and there's information there. So when we come back, we'll get into all of what's trending, get into that affluenza story, that kid that was released from jail after a couple of years of just being a douchebag uh, extraordinaire. We'll talk about that when we come back to Gary and Shannon. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM six forty more stimulating talk. Swamp Watch coming up at the bottom of the hour. There were a. Uh, a lot of Easter tweets that were not so in the spirit of the Easter Bunny yesterday coming from the White House. We'll was, get into that. It was busy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if anybody keeps track of this, but the frequency, the severity of some of the tweets that came from the president this weekend were pretty, uh, it was interesting. Also, keeping our eye on Wall Street, t- stocks tumbling today because China has officially raised import duties on uh, some products, pork, apples. Sounds like a small move, but... Investors are fearing it is the beginning of what could be a trade war. Hey, what else is going on? Time for What's Happening. That is one of the uh, trending stories right now. And in fact, if you've been watching Wall Street, the Dow, the S&P, the NASDAQ, all down about 3% right now. The Dow is trading down 643 points. All 100 components of the NASDAQ 100 are trading in the red right now. A lot of this has to do with uh, tech stocks that have been sold off. Amazon shares have been hit by the president. Um, I should say the shares of Amazon have been the price of which has been hit 
because the president has brought them up and has talked about whether or not they're getting a fair deal, whether mom and pop shops are have a level playing field against a giant behemoth like Amazon, et cetera. I so. find it interesting that Amazon uh, has been slumping uh, and they're just attributing it to the critical tre- uh, tweets coming from the president. Yeah. People dumping that stock which At- seems uh, counter. Productive to At one thirty, Daria Albinger is going to join us. We're going to talk about once finally Wall Street closes for the day. We're going to get into uh, exactly what's going on and see if we can read in some of the tea leaves what's been happening on Wall Street. Well, the two moms that have those six adopted children, um, the ones whose car went off the cliff up there in Mendocino, it looks like they uh, they they found information in the SUV that the vehicle was traveling at 90 miles per hour, but they say that information is not conclusive. Uh, The speedometer could have moved at impact or somehow was manipulated. Yeah, they said they found it pegged at 90. They also had software in this 2003 GMC Yukon, they say, showed that the, the vehicle was stopped on that sort of dirt parking area off the side of Highway 1 and that... It was quickly accelerated and then went off the cliff. CHP spokesperson described it as pure acceleration all the way. It's terrifying to think that this may have been an intentional act. Again, those kids, 19 years old, a couple 14-year-olds, 16-year-old, 15-year-old, 12-year-old. And three of them haven't been found. Yeah. So the possibility that they were swept out to sea. Hey, uh, the Chinese space station came burning back into the atmosphere over the South Pacific. No big deal. Uh, there was some concern that it was going to be in an area that could maybe cause some problems. They said that uh, the, the likelihood of you being hit by Chinese space junk is pretty slim. I can't wait to hear the story of this 13-year-old boy who fell into a sewage pipe in Griffith Park, fell 25 feet into this sewage pipe. They made the announcement at 541 this morning that they had found Jesse Hernandez, 13 years old. This had been a 12-hour search. Firefighters narrowed the search to two main areas, opened a maintenance hatch near the intersection of the 134 and the 5, and that's where they found Jesse. They gave him a cell phone right away so he could reassure his family. Paramedics took him to the to the uh, hospital for decontamination and medical aid. <laughs> swimming in the Duke. Oh, boy. He was just, uh, he was playing with some friends. They had climbed a chain link uh, fence around an abandoned maintenance shack or playing inside when a plank broke apart. So when he fell into the system that led to the L.A. River. When you heard these people talking about this search, they did not seem hopeful that this was going to be the outcome. And I wonder if he knew that, well, he would assume that people were looking for him. But if you, I don't know if he could hear the firefighters, the crews that were looking for him or... You know, that would be a terrifying ordeal. Uh, I can't wait to hear 12 hours in the sewer. Uh, Little Caesars is giving away free pizza April 2nd. That, oh, my gosh, is today. You got to order by 1 o'clock, by the way. Oh, my goodness. That's only 52 minutes away. Now, they were saying this is because UMBC, still haven't gotten my T-shirt yet, but the Retrievers beat Virginia during March Madness, the first time ever a 16 seed has beat a number one seed. And what they said was, this was back in... um, original tweet they said if a 16 beats a one in a crazy unexpected victory in the games on thursday or friday the 15th or 16th of march then little little caesars will give away one free hot and ready lunch com- combo to every family that comes into a participating store between 1 30 uh, sorry 11 30 and one o'clock today 
So you got to mention it at the checkout counter. Your order has to be placed by no later than 1 o'clock to receive that deal. Today. Well, we got a new challenge that is floating around online. Yeah. A new viral Love trend. These challenges. I'm in. Yes. Okay. This one is called the condom snorting challenge. I'm out. Not going to do that one. Uh, you snort up uh, the, the condom in one nostril and you pull it through your mouth. Oh, God. And despite you saying it was you know, mandatory, I, I will not do it either. I am done. I am done. I know. I told Blake that we were going to make him do this today on the show. Uh, I saw fear in his eyes. Have you seen anybody ever do that? No. I mean, not with a condom, but with anything. I've seen with people do other stuff. Yeah. Bread oh. or dental floss or no, something like that. We only used to with swallow that. top ramen noodles and bring yes, them back up. Right. Well, oh my God. But did you do it through your nose? No, we would just can... swallow them and like it was a three foot long no- noodle and then you'd hold on to the end and then pull it back. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, this that's is even like better. Stranger Things. Because this is um, this is if you if you take like a top ramen noodle, it's a good good thing. I mean, it's a good example. Because if it gets you, stuck, it'll fall apart. <laughs> you stick it up in your nose. And again, don't do this. This is not a thing. It's, this is not a thing. Although I've seen it. And you go and you snort it up into one. You know, you hold the end of it, you snort the other end up into your little na- nasal cavity there, and it dangles down in your throat, and you okay. reach in there, like, oh, ah, okay. and then you got two ends, and you go, right. and you go like this. Does that make your eyes water when you think about that? Tickling the inside of your nose oh. and the back of your throat? Stop it. Stop it. And then you just go, Stop it. and you pull the whole thing out. How would you even do it with a condom? Amy? Well, Amy. Well, I'm not going to try. Well, you're the one who's most curious about it. So Come I on, let's you... do it. And you, I mean, you can do it, and I'll video it, and then we can uh, get the hits. <laughs> She's looking at you. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you want the hits? It would go viral. We could make some money. Nothing but the hits. All right. coming in the hospital. But... <laughs> <laughs> uh, coming up next, the affluenza kid is free. That should scare all of us, at least all of Texas. This is a terrible. Did you know his mom was also back in jail over the weekend? Good. This is a winning. <laughs> this is a winning family, uh, right? Bad here. seeds. Bad uh, seeds. All that is coming up. Plus, your chance to win a thousand dollars. Brought to you by Cutting Dental. If you got dental problems from the condom, chi- the condom challenge gone wrong, mm. you call Cutting Dental for a free exam. Triple eight six forty smile. They don't judge you there. No questions asked. Well, I see what your problem is right there. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM six forty. I can't believe you want to give this away. All of this right here? Well, you're not going to use it. All of this hard-earned money that I won at Thunder Valley Casino. That's $997. Dragon wheel? No, I got three more. Let's make it an even $1,000. Here's how you can win. Your shot at $1,000 now. Text the keyword WIN to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and messaging rates apply. That's WIN to 200-200. Don't forget, you got to answer that phone. If you win, they'll give you a call. Might be from a number you don't recognize. Lupe and Victorville answered the phone. She won $1,000. Your next chance to win is next hour. And then all through the John and Ken show and through that first hour of the Conway show today. In fact, giving away $1,000 an hour from 5 in the morning through 7 o'clock at night right here on KFI. Uh, we got to go to the update desk real quick. <clears throat> I just got an update from Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, great. It's true. Wait, did he text you? Uh, on Instagram. Oh. It's true, he says. I'm back. It's true. 
I'm Bach. I'm Bach. Not good. I went to sleep expecting to wake up with a small incision and woke up with a big one. But guess what? I woke up and that's something to be thankful for. Thank you to the doctors and nurses. And I'm truly filled with gratitude for all the kind messages. Heart surgery, right? Heart surgery. Yeah, went in for a little bitty thing and uh, woke up realizing that it was emergency open heart surgery they had to do. That's got to hurt, too. Uh, let's also update you on the Ethan Couch story. Ethan Couch, a 20-year-old guy, first made headlines back as a teenager. He was driving drunk when he killed four people and seriously injured a couple of others. They were looking for 20 years in jail against this guy. Prosecutors were. But he got no prison time because the psychologist testified that he was he was the victim. He was the victim of something called affluenza blaming his irresponsibility on family wealth that it was uh the parents never set limits for him he didn't understand consequences of his actions other things like that so the decision by the juvenile court judge to put him on probation for 10 years pissed off everyone who breathes judge instead ordered him to attend newport academy an upscale rehab facility here in California to be paid for by his parents. Bloomberg Businessweek called it Affluenza Anonymous. (laughs) Well, again, he would have avoided jail if he kept his nose clean, but his mom, a genius in her own right, took him to Mexico. So, Well, what happened was there was a video that came out that showed him at a party where people were drinking, which would have been a violation of his probation. His probation would be revoked, and he may have faced prison time. So that's when she took him off to Mexico as prosecutors try to decide what to do with this with this uh, party footage. And and Tanya seemed mom. Tanya seems to be uh, just as in control of her faculties as this idiot. She was behind bars over the weekend because she also failed a drug test. She was jailed last Wednesday for violating the conditions of. Her bond, which prohibit any controlled substances, marijuana or alcohol. So they luckily got to spend the weekend together in jail. He is out and has been fitted for an ankle bracelet. And uh, if you see him, uh, feel free to punch him. Oh, this is going to be one of those. Don't uh, punch him in the face. That's illegal. Where he uh, lives with mom forever. Oh, yeah. Because she's just the yes person and will be an enabler and. You know, he should never be able to drive again. The one thing I would imagine uh, about Texas is they do a relatively good job of shunning those people who are idiots. And he may be one of them uh, that's now an outcast for the rest of society in Texas. He's going to do the uh, remaining six years of his period of community supervision under the terms and conditions imposed by court, according to his new lawyer's. From the beginning, he admitted that his conduct, uh, he has admitted his conduct. He accepted responsibility for his actions. He felt true remorse for the terrible consequences of those actions, according to his lawyers. Now, five years after, he doesn't want to draw attention to himself. He's requesting privacy so that he can focus on successfully completing his community supervision going forward as a law-abiding citizen. Yeah. Just got some extra details on uh, baby Jessica of 2018, Jesse Hernandez. Oh, yes. Who <laughs> fell into the uh, sewer system. <laughs> uh, an assistant GM of the sanitation department says that uh, about the rescuers, the first thing 
they heard was help. This was after rescuers saw images of handprints on a sewage pipe. And it was it was uh, a hose that they lowered down to him. This was like 11 feet down. And he catches on to it and they reel him back up. And they said they hosed him down right away. Oh, yeah. To get rid of the sewage. They cleaned out his eyes and nose with sterile uh, saline. And that he was the one to ask for a cell phone right away to call his family. He called his mom. He was happy. The family was happy. Uh, they they say that, like, Jesse's accident or accidents like Jesse's, um, rescuers say the likelihood of someone being found safe after that much time no. is just not, float too. not good, especially with the clowns down there. The clowns and the boats and Georgie and, oh, mm, Georgie. Terrifying. They say that because it's pitch black in there. They said he survived getting swept through sewage, moving at 15 miles per hour, managed to find a pocket of breathable air and hang on until he was found. You know what? Oh, boy. Wouldn't it have been amazing if he just like popped up on the third baseline at Dodger Stadium sometime during the game last night? I think there was enough crap on that field for one night. Zing. All right, coming back. We're going to get into Swamp Watch. We're going to talk about what is going on in Washington, D.C. This meeting between the president and the president. Would Donald Trump host Vladimir Putin at the White House? Tell you what's going on with this uh, rumored meeting, what Sarah Huckabee Sanders had to say about it. And also, what the hell is going on with that Easter Bunny costume at the White House Easter egg roll? Get it? Because the Giants are crap and they were... Playing at Dodger Stadium last night. That's all you got? Like, that was your trash talk? Um, I think it was pretty good. I think it was right up there with your, uh, what was that joke that one time? <laughs> that one time. <laughs> what was oh. that? Uh, Pitbull. Different. Gary and Shannon. It was very different. KFI AM 640. Drain the swamp. We're going to drain the swamp of Washington. We're going to have fun doing it. We're all doing it together. Swamp Watch. Gary and Shannon. We'll get into Swamp Watch just one second. Uh, At the top of next hour, we're going to get into some big April Fool's jokes. If you heard some of them over the weekend these were really good big companies that trolled us all over the weekend through social media some of them are very fun and then uh shannon's going to take my family to task for the april fool's joke that we played on unsuspecting children i didn't know it was your daughter's idea well she wanted to be uh, clear that it was uh her idea she wants credit for it i suppose Um, (sighs) those poor kids (laughs) so we'll talk about that all right what's going on in washington dc well let's start with what happened over the weekend? The president just unleashed a Twitter storm uh, on Saturday and continued all the way through today. This is probably the highest number of tweets we've seen from him in a three-day period uh, for a long time. One, two, three, three on Saturday. He had looks like six or seven on, uh, sorry, five on Sunday, and then another six or seven today. Just went off. And it's clear, I mean, it's clear why. Originally, he was watching a uh, story on Fox about a number of people who are caravanning through Mexico. And 
it's a very interesting, I don't know, if, the, the idea of a caravan through Mexico is interesting because it's not a thousand people on a march to get into the United States. It's a thousand people on a march, but what they're doing is they're protesting the people who take advantage of down and out immigrants trying to find a better life. So these are uh, this this caravan is a station of the cross migrant caravan. It's been held for several years now. They start uh, somewhere south Mexico. They dress in biblical garb. They carry crosses. All of it is to protest against kidnappings and extortion and beatings and killings suffered by people who try to travel through Mexico to find a better life here in the United States, and then in some cases get killed or sex trafficked or kidnapped or beaten up, whatever it is. This is not an American. This is not a protest against American policies. The president very vocal yesterday about a number of issues, like you mentioned, DACA being one of them. We're going to go live to D.C. coming up next to uh, find all uh, uh, all about the president's Easter, including what the hell happened with that bunny. Yeah. That bunny's got to be put out to pasture. <laughs> I got to get a new bunny up in there. That's um, a creepy ass thing. They did announce that they are the president is going to host Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe this at is, Mar-a-Lago later this month. Right. They're going to meet in Palm Beach there April 17th, 18th, talking about trade negotiations, North Korea, including uh, a, a future meeting with North Korean leader Kim Jong-un. In that vein, the Kremlin's talking today about the conversation between President Trump and Vladimir Putin at the White House. Apparently, the the president invited Putin in this phone call on March 20th. This was the phone call when he congratulated Putin for a re-election victory uh, in, a, in an election that's completely bogus. But Trump told reporters that the two leaders had discussed a possible meeting to discuss Syria, Ukraine, North Korea, and the arms race, but he did not mention any meeting venues at that time. A Kremlin aide disclosed the White House invitation in comments to Russian journalists today. I don't think this is a good Putin idea. at the White House. That's not a good idea. Good Lord. And why nobody says to the president, um, that's not a good idea. Where's John Kelly? Where's John Kelly and the sense of uh, normalcy saying, uh, Mr. President, uh, that even if he says it like just off the cuff, talking with Vlad, I call him Vladimir. If you're just talking to Vladimir and you just say, hey, uh, what are you doing on the, like, what are you doing, like, first weekend in May? I do not have anything scheduled, Mr. President. How about you come over to my house? Like, we'll have dinner, we'll watch a show, something like that. The the girls could get together in the other room while we hang out and do guy things. John Kelly, in the background, has to do this, the little, you know, hand across the neck. Like, no, no, don't don't invite him here. Not here. Maybe like Indiana, but not here. <laughs> the Trump administration taking aim today again at California, suing the state over a law that hopes to give the state power to override the sale of federal lands. U.S. Department of Justice filed the lawsuit today. This is the latest between Trump versus California. Uh, this California law gives the state the first right to purchase federal lands to arrange for a specific buyer. It was passed back in September because everyone up there was worried that the Trump administration was going to allow more logging, oil drilling development. Uh, of course, the Justice Department sued California last month over the way we handled deportations and cooperation with federal immigration authorities.
China is also in the news because of the president's uh, potential. I don't even know if you call it a trade war. This may be the beginnings of it, but it wouldn't necessarily rise to that level just yet. China did raise import duties on the $3 billion list of pork, fruit, nuts, and wine. The finance ministry says it was a response to our tariff hike on steel and aluminum that took effect last month. Uh, this, This could be... The beginnings, though, this is a small shot. There could be bigger ones. Higher duties on nearly 15, uh, sorry, 50, five zero billion dollars of Chinese goods in a separate argument over technology policy, which could be a problem. That that is the background for what we've seen on Wall Street today, where the Dow, for example, was down about 700 points earlier. Right now, it's only down about 615. We saw the same thing happen when the president made his first public comments about China and tariffs. Uh, the same kind of thing happened with Wall Street, very down day. And over the next couple of days, it seemed like both sides were willing to negotiate this. Uh, and so Wall Street rebounded a bit. So we'll see what happens this week. Hey, there's a new book out on the uh, on the administration. Ronald Kessler has written a new book called The Trump White House Changing the Rules of the Game. In it, Mr. Kessler suggests that your friend Kellyanne Conway is the one who is the biggest blabbermouth inside the White House, that she's mm. the one leaking everything. And uh, she came out to uh, to argue against that. She said that uh, he knows, speaking of the president, he knows, has said publicly and privately who the leakers and the liars are and have been, and is very happy that there is a lot less leaking in the White House now. So, I mean, the the list of names is is ridiculously long now, but if you were to go down that list of names and say, who did the president believe was the leaker and the liar that was providing a bunch of information about what was going on behind closed doors in the White House? Who would you say it is? Because I know who Kellyanne Conway thinks it is. Oh, she thinks it's the Democrats. Well, no, no. She, Ivanka she, and Jared. She's supposedly there's a bad there's bad blood between them. Yes. But she said she went and had dinner with Ivanka and Dimples the other day. So they have a good relationship. Mm. Reince Priebus, perhaps. She's been very critical of him. She also said Steve Bannon. Yeah, but they've been out. There's been more leaks since those two have left. Yeah, well, she was asked about that. You know, is there still somebody in the White House who is leaking information, she says? Perhaps. But let me be uh, clear, because you are there and have two eyes. If somebody puts Kellyanne interview on a Chiron in a headline, you get clicks and kicks Leakers get great press. Hmm. It said something weird. One day, I will have my say. Of course, because everyone wants to sell a book. That's why. That's probably true. Bunch of whores. Last week, we did the story about her husband, her husband, George Conway, not a fan of the president. And uh, tweeting and retweeting some very well, critical things was, of the administration. He was in the running for solicitor general for a couple of high placed roles that he was passed over for right. or took his name out of contention oh, there's something weird going on there with that relationship with those two and uh and the president when we come back lana zach is going to join us we're going to talk a little bit more about the president's tweet storm that came out over the last few days and also the easter egg roll that took place today the creepy ass easter egg or easter bunny what, what are we going to stop at the this? white house uh, that, that easter bunny should really be I don't retired think, i don't think there's any easter bunny costume that is good. I can't tell if what would be worse, what happened to those children that went to your house yesterday, or uh, or that Easter Bunny costume. 
It's kind of a tough. It sound like I have destroyed their innocence. That's not what happened. Oh, severe disappointment. They played along. They're Sounded good like humored kids. Okay. Gary and Shannon will continue in just a moment with Swamp Watch. I got no rules, I count them. Gary and Shannon, in the uh, 1 o'clock hour, we're going to get into those April Fool's jokes. You may have actually fallen for some of them, like In-N-Out doing its Cali-style burger with bacon and avocado. And after the stock market closes, we will go live there to the East Coast to talk to Daria Albinger about what we can expect for the rest of the week. Are we going to see losses uh, for a while, because of what uh, China is promising here. Well, we're going to start with uh, we're going to start with Lana Zak and talk at least a little bit about what happened today. I mean, the White House they did their usual Easter egg roll. Um, can we can we start with the creepy Easter bunny outfit? Is that <laughs> does that belong to the White House? Spicer that's in it this year, right? <laughs> um, no, uh, the president. I, I think a lot of people are, are actually commenting on the the optics of the president sitting at the Easter egg roll with a group of, of young, innocent, adorable children um, talking about how DACA dreamers are basically out of luck uh, make, making statements about the Democrats um, and, and essentially saying that there's no deal. They had a fantastic opportunity, but, uh, but Democrats uh, let them down. Do we know what prompted his tweet about DACA? So there's some speculation that he was watching cable news, and uh, and that's what led to a whole bunch of of uh, tweets and then comments now today on camera about DACA. Um, but ultimately, this is not inconsistent with things that we've heard from the president previously, where he has blamed Republican or he has blamed Democrats rather for not cooperating with Republicans sufficiently in coming to an agreement about DACA, even though he had been presented with a bipartisan plan to uh, to to resolve that situation. Um, but, uh, but the latest insight is that perhaps he was watching um, some Fox News and, and got disturbed about what he heard. I did watch that. Uh, <laughs> the thing that aired within the minutes before the tweet came out, um, I saw it. It referred to the caravans. I mean, it referred, we talked just a little bit before the break about what that caravan is actually made up of. Because nothing says Easter like cable news. <laughs> right. Uh, well, you know, and and, um, and for so many people, Easter is, uh, is a deeply religious um, uh, period. It's a time of of um, celebration and uh, renewal, new beginnings, and uh, and and people. Many people are also making a point about um, the president having declared April Second Chances Month, along with some of the things he was saying about immigrants, um, and and those two not quite coalescing around that Easter spirit. Well, what else is uh, what else is going on in D.C.? I mean, he's he spent a lot of time this morning as well, um, referring to DACA, referring to NAFTA, referring uh, referring to fake news as well. Um, but the one I think that caught my eye was his reference to Amazon. I mean, we've seen Wall Street just taking it, uh, taking a punch in the face today. Yeah, you know, the president is um, is very interested in talking about Amazon a lot, uh, and he's been doing it a lot on Twitter. And some of the things that he's saying um, may be playing well with certain audiences, but um, but it's worth 
stating the fact and and separating it from opinion. So the president has um, has been railing against Amazon, saying that it, it costs the U.S. Postal Service billions of dollars. Um, What's not true about that is that Amazon, by going to the U.S. Postal Service rather than a competitor like FedEx or UPS, is actually providing um, a rare revenue stream for the U.S. Postal Service, which does have a lot of financial problems. Um, but uh, but they get a discount, and it seems like the president um, is is talking about it uh, must be conflating the the discount that they receive for their bulk shipments uh, versus them actually making the U.S. Postal Service making money off of Amazon, which according to law they are required to do. They can't ship a package for less than it costs uh, to uh, for them to do it. When did his beef with Amazon begin? I'm trying to think about it. Uh, you know, I mean, I know on the campaign trail. Yeah. You may recall that uh, at certain points during the campaign trail, um, the president would rail against coverage he had seen in the Washington Post. Oh, that's right. And then right. he would that's say right. the Washington Post is owned by the founder of Amazon, Jeff Bezos. So. His his problem with uh, Amazon goes all the way back to the campaign trail, but at a more fundamental level, uh, it, it also we've seen him tie the two together with the Washington Post and its founder Jeff Bezos. I knew there had to be some sort of personal slight back there that I was just uh, that I was forgetting. So <laughs> uh. it's, it's all it's all in there. You go back on the campaign trail and you can watch um, the president's comments, and, and they're pretty clear how he feels about Jeff Bezos and the Washington Post. Lana, thank you so much. Thank you. Lana Zach there with the, the latest out of Washington, D.C. The president did also talk about um, the Amazon deliveries. I mean, it was, this was an interesting thing in that th- that the Postal Service does profit from package delivery. And it has to cover its costs for products like Amazon package deliveries, but has not been able to make up the losses from declines in the letter, letter delivery business. I mean, it depends on how you look at it. The post office is losing money. But to say that Amazon is how it's losing money doesn't make a lot of sense. I mean, in a general sense, yes. So the the Amazon is giving the Postal Service business. Yeah. Before Amazon, rare... it was on its last legs. Doesn't everyone rem- you know, remember that when it was like it was struggling to keep it open? Yeah, losing tens of millions of dollars yeah. a year. So anyway, uh, we'll keep an eye on uh, what's going on in D.C. Also, Wall Street is about to wrap up. It has gained back some of its original losses from earlier in the day. And a little bit later, we'll talk with Daria Albinger about that. But April Fool's jokes when we come back. I can't believe you did that to those kids. Gary and Shannon will continue right after this. Shannon, Monday, April 2nd, which means yesterday was April 1st, as well as being Easter, of course. And I loved watching some of the uh, online April Fool's jokes they were making their way through. My daughter on Saturday pointed out the Cali-style burgers that were supposedly being offered by um, by In-N-Out, which include a cheeseburger with a bacon and avocado. For the first time ever, they introduce a brand new item available starting this Sunday. You heard it here first. Of course, this is on Facebook. Hashtag Cali Style Burger. Hashtag In and Out. 
Um, two things. Number one, that's not true. Number two, everybody knows that In-N-Out's not open on Easter. They're not open on Christmas either. So, of course they weren't going to do it. She did not fall for it. Not an April Fool's joke. I would like to talk about the April Fool's joke you played on the later. children. We're going to have to do it later. Okay. Because I feel like I'm going to be judged for it, and I need to emotionally prepare myself for whatever judgment you got going on over there. Okay. And it was my daughter's idea anyway, so <clears throat> you can throw her under the bus. Yelp. How does that feel? Yelp had a pretty good one. The fake phone screen crack. That was weird. So you'd go to Yelp, and it would look like your phone was shattered. <laughs> and then it says, with Yelp, phone repair is just a search away. Busted screens are no joke, even on April Fool's Day. <laughs> and then... <laughs> There's a little button on the bottom, which allows you to say, gotcha, thanks. Arby's, Arby's got together with Warby Parker, which I thought was pretty funny. They joined up for a venture, call, a, a venture called Warby's, which made an onion ring monocle that shoppers could actually buy at a couple of Warby Parker and Arby's locations cool. in New York City. I love that. Over the weekend. So it it's perfect in that you... If you're Warby Parker or you're Arby's, you're not losing anything by teaming up for a fun little joke like this. Right. Right? If nothing else, you get dumb people like us to sit and talk about it. Um, SodaStream worked with Bed Bath & Beyond. I don't know if you saw that, but SodaStream is the little thing on your countertop where you make your own sodas that carbonates it for you and you add your flavoring. We need more soda. They had uh, SodaStream working with Bed Bath & Beyond so that you could put a soda no oh. you could put a soda stream in your bathtub and make bubbles so you'd be taking a bath in carbonated water why are you making that face the warby's thing was clever yes the soda in the bathtub is a little <laughs> a little out there for me that wouldn't, that wouldn't have REI been. had the zip all outfit now, wait a minute. Did you? This see could this? actually come in handy. Did you see this one? Hey, I'm Mike from REI, I and I'm excited to bring out the newest product in the REI co-op line. This is the REI Zip-All. This long-anticipated suit has been in the research stage for a while now, and we're so excited we can finally bring out what might be the last piece of gear you may ever need. Starting at the bottom, it has different zippers that allow you to customize the length of the legs. From full length to capris, knee shorts, <laughs> mini shorts, and even bikini briefs. That's helpful. <laughs> That's... Uh... That's hilarious. Everybody remembers. I think REI still sells those convertible pants. I bought a pair Um, yesterday. No, you did not. Yeah, I did. Okay, first of all, I thought we talked about this. Well, I'm going. You are not going to make fashion decisions without consulting everyone. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't didn't remember that that was an edict. No, they're very helpful. I had someone when we went to Costa Rica. You're, you should get some convertible pants for yourself for your trip to Costa Rica. Do I need They pants? come in really handy, like when you're hiking and then it gets hot and everything's sweating and you take them off. When it's Make sure you hot. put the, the pant back on them before you go down that sex street, though. You don't want to, like, send the wrong message. In um, Thailand. Like I'm going. Oh, oh, to her. I thought you were she talking to me. She said she's going to Thailand. Yeah, no, because you don't but... own them. Why would I tell you that? Yeah, he's got a good point. You gotta be careful. I'm not when you're... what people are looking for in Thailand. All right, that's for damn sure. Uh, <laughs> 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 Netflix <laughs> announced that it owns Seth Rogen. Uh, 
This one I didn't think. I didn't funny. think that's that funny. Uh, world-renowned Canadian person, prolific marijuana doer, and winner of the 2015 MTV Movie Award for Best Kiss, Seth Q. Rogan, has entered into a lifetime deal to transfer full ownership of his personal autonomy to Netflix. This one was, was a good one. Hmm. Legos. The vacuum oh, sort. It. This was great. <laughs> that it's a vacuum that sorts your Legos by color, brick. How cool is that? I would totally buy it. It separates know. dust. It's easy, empty. It's got five different speeds. If you have ever stepped on a Lego, this oh, is this would have been perfect. Such pain. Um, side note about vacuums and Legos. When our son was this big, he uh, would not pick up his Legos mm-hmm. and would often play with Play-Doh with his Legos and get them all mixed up and it would create problems. I like that synergy, though. One day. Yeah, because one is like hard plastic. Mm-hmm. You can't it's change a fun it. Juxtaposition. The other one is the very malleable right. Play-Doh and he could be creative. Uh, he didn't clean up his Legos and he didn't clean up his Play-Doh. And my wife gave an ultimatum. Is this why he moved out six months ago? No. Oh. I got to bring that up. No, this. I just he thought was like, that maybe he was. He was playing. like two years old. Got it. He wasn't seventeen, and she gave him an ultimatum, which was, if you don't pick these up, these toys, or clear up this play doh and put it where it belongs, it's gone. Before we'd made him throw his Hot Wheels cars in the trash at one point, not all of them, just one at a time. So she has the vacuum cleaner out, and she's trying to clean up, and he's got play doh all over the coffee table. And she's t- yelling at him, get this, clean it up. This is what you're supposed to do. And he ignores her. So she goes, sucked up all of the Play-Doh right off of the coffee table into the vacuum, gone forever. I have a question. What his- does that do to your vacuum? That's fine. It goes oh, into a bag. Okay. It wasn't a big deal. Got it. But his face. What was it? Because he's two. He doesn't know what happens when he goes into the vacuum cleaner. I mean, we could have ripped it open and pulled it out if we had to. But, oh, no, it disappears into the nothing. It goes into the upside down. Right. He doesn't know where it goes. What did he do? Lost his mind. Cried. I'll never do it again. I mean, he spoke a lot for a two-year-old. But, you know, like, he was devastated. Always cleaned up after that. That was a good and lesson. And is now then. something of a of a little bit of a freak neat. Freak, freak, freak. Neat, neat freak. Thank you. Neat That's freak. a good lesson. Yes. That's pretty bold, too. I like that parenting move. Two years old. Yeah. You don't clean up your Playboy. It's play, play dough. <laughs> yeah. My son had a subscription to Playboy, and he'd just leave them all over the place. Come on, we have company coming over, and Miss December's knockers are hanging out. Anyway, um, That would be different parenting. Cheetos, Cheetos got into the April Fool's jokes. They poked fun at the holiday shopping season uh, with a uh, an absurd collection of collectibles, the cheese-scented perfume called Cheeto. Oh, they should have done the Jesus Cheetos. You know, they should have released a full bag of nothing but Jesus Cheetos. Yeah, because it's Easter and April Fool's. And there was that whole mania about a a Jesus shaped Cheeto in recent times. Uh, I want to tell you about the uh, Sam's Club. Hidden Valley Ranch came out with some makeup. And the one thing that Cheetos probably did that could have could have actually been a product outside the Jesus Cheetos. Oh, and then my joke about what I did to April Fool's. Would we call that a joke or teaching yes. kids about complete and utter disappointment? No, I, it was a 
was meant as a joke. Mm. Gary and Shannon will continue. We also have an opportunity for you and $1,000 coming up. Brought to you by Cunning Dental. Lego Mouth. Call Cunning Dental for a free exam. 888-640-SMILE. We'll tell you how you can win in just a few minutes. Gary and Shannon. And this, this stack of $1,000 just for you. Your shot at $1,000 now. Text the keyword money to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and messaging rates apply. That's money to 200-200. And if you win, they'll give you a call. It might be from a number you don't recognize. you got to answer the phone, though, if you're going to win that $1,000, just like Amanda in Yukaipa did. Your next chance to win an hour from now during the John and Ken show. You have a chance to win $1,000 an hour all the way through 7 o'clock tonight in the Conway Show. In fact, Monday through Friday. Talking about some good April Fool's jokes. Cheetos, you mentioned the uh, perfume that they came up with. They also had spray tans. They had colored de Cheetos bronzer, providing beauty lovers with a vibrant Cheetos glow that was available. Um, That's terrible. I also, also saw this commercial from Lexus. I don't know if you saw this, uh, that... The way to personalize your Lexus. You. There are billions of you. But there is only one. You. So what if selecting your next vehicle focused on what truly matters? You. Introducing Genetic Select by Lexus. The world's first service that uses human genetics to match you with the car of your genes. All you got to do is spit into a little container like you would for 23andMe. Send it to them, and they'll personalize your car for you. I feel like that's probably a real thing. (laughs) Would you do this? Would you take this? uh, Welcome to Virgin Australia Spin Class, the world's first in-flight cycling studio. We've partnered with our friends at Virgin Active to get your heart racing above the clouds and work up a sweat on longer flights in our purpose-built spin studio. That's, That's pretty cool. On the airplane. That's pretty cool. Stinky. Um, You're talking about recirculated air for yeah. uh, a couple hours there. Um, Hidden Valley Ranch came out with a makeup line called uh, uh, Valley Girl. You shouldn't leave home without your uh-huh honey barbecue eyeshadow and a mini bottle of bacon ranch. They also said uh, they have sh- you can shine like a freshly baked chicken breast in our Valley Girl glow-up highlighter and be anything but basic in our bacon eyeshadow. B-A-E, Bay, get it? Mm. That's what the kids say when they refer to a girlfriend. When are we going to get to the story about how you Fine. ruined childhood? Here's the deal. We had some friends over yesterday for uh, for Easter, and my kids are just old enough that they're on the outskirts of hunting for eggs. They know where the eggs come from and who puts the candy in them. Jesus. And they said, wouldn't it be great if we hid some eggs for our friends? Um, I think the oldest is 14, 14, 11, 9, that area, right? So three kids are going to come over. So they come over, and my daughter hands them bags, little Easter bags, and says, okay, guys, out in the backyard, 100 Easter eggs. We counted them all. We made sure they were all out there. We can't help you. you got to find them yourself. So we let them out in the backyard and closed the door. 24 minutes later, 
they realized that it was a lie. Isn't that terrible? And no, it's not yes, terrible. It is. Wait, there were no eggs. No, there were Amy. zero eggs, Amy. Oh, zero. Isn't that well, terrible? Now let me mean. Like There's... the disappointment that I would feel as a youth would just be overwhelming. I should say a couple of additions. Hell, I'd feel that disappointment at thirty-seven. To add some texture to the story, within ninety seconds, honestly, the youngest, the girl came to the door and said, uh, I just want to make sure you guys aren't April foolsing us. And we said, no, no, there's 100 eggs out oh, there. Oh, wow, so they even it. called you on it, and you still lied to them, doubled down. So about 15 minutes into the adventure, my son peeks his head out the back door and says, hey, there might you might also find some in the front yard, too. So they run around the side of the house towards the front of the house, and he reaches out and sneaks and puts one single Easter egg out on the barbecue. Boom. Just right there so that everybody could see it so they would know, hey, there are eggs out here. We just can't see them. They came back and they found that egg and there was one other that was placed that they could see. And that was good. That was what we did. Taught them a lesson. Oh, I mean, we did. We did. Once they, when they were eating lunch, my kids went out and did plant a hundred some odd eggs. That's a 150 eggs. That's not a lie. Really? Where'd all that candy come from that's sitting on a big bag table right Wait, now? Wait, so they ended up do, having the Easter egg hunt? Eventually, yes. Oh, you, you left that part of the story out. What all do you, you told... think I am? Some uh, kind of a that's monster? That's what I thought. I thought what happened is little kids came to your house. You as a family were like, hey, kids, we hit 100 eggs out back. And so they went out there for half an hour searching, uh, hoping to find an egg and found no eggs. In the and hot then sun without water. And, and the four of you were yeah. like, ha, 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 no eggs for you. And then they cried Easter tears. You didn't tell me that you actually followed through no, with a real did. hunt. Yes, we patted oh, okay. them on the head and dry your tears, buddy. Oh, okay. It's okay. So there was an Easter egg There hunt. really was an Easter egg Okay. Hunt, except well, then that- there were two golden eggs, and we told them those were the very special eggs. Instead of jelly beans or little Milky Ways or whatever, there was a $10 bill in one of those eggs. In the other one was rocks. <laughs> oh, <laughs> It's a and Charlie Brown one, Easter egg. a knife, egg. and you had to fight for the ten dollars. Right, it's like exactly. Hunger Games. Go. Yes. Somebody got a bow and arrow. Somebody got a baseball bat, <laughs> and then they just went at it. The last one has ten dollar bill. Yeah. So can what happened defend? when you can uh, clean the blood off of the so bill? So someone, so someone opened the gold egg with the ten inside and was ecstatic. Yes, the, my son. Was it you? No. Okay. Good. My son put the egg with the rocks uh-huh. in the bottom of the pool. So one kid runs and grabs to get the pool wow, net. This story just keeps getting better. To grab the net to get this it is out. Honestly, like Hunger Games. That was and the what other I was kid. Say, let's get a bunch of clear ones and throw them in the pool. His other brother w- knew that there was something special in that golden egg. He starts disrobing. He kicks his shoes off. He tears his shirt off. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa! You cannot jump in that pool. It is freezing cold. You might die. He jumped in anyway and got the. No, he didn't. He never jumped in because the uh, the other boy got it with the pool net, opened it up, and it was rocks. And, and what said, happened? What he the said. The best part is about twenty minutes later, he goes, "Yeah, those are rocks, not rock candy." Oh, he <laughs> ate the rocks. This is CPS, is what this. Next year, this I have an idea is. for you though. You yes. get clear Easter eggs. Mm-hmm. Throw the the prizes or whatever in the Easter eggs and put them in the pool. So, it's so, like they're, a, so they're looking the whole yard and they finally realize it's in there in the bottom of the pool. So, and yeah, then you're getting 
They're going to have to figure out how they get there. It's like a whole afternoon of trauma for these children. Yes. Yep. Hey, they're not my kids. Gary and Shannon. They still have their Hot Wheels, at least. We will go take a look at Wall Street, see how we fared with all the talk about China uh, increasing uh, tariffs on some on, on some on some items officially today. Gary Channel will continue. Gary and Shannon just uh, watching what looks like it was a successful launch. SpaceX launched yet another Falcon 9 rocket carrying supplies to the International Space Station. Um, the live shot just took off a couple of minutes ago from Cape Canaveral in Florida. They're still showing some of the live shots. The camera is on board the rocket as it way out in space now. So, good news. Keeping an eye on the stock market today. Uh, let's see. Where did we finally end up here? This was a rough day because China took the first step, I guess, officially uh, on imposing tariffs on, more, on tariffs on more than 100 products. A $3 billion. Yeah. Huh? My fault, Darius. Sorry about that. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Blake. I mean, low is low, but it could have been a lot worse. So, you know, at least we had a, had a little bit of a little bit of recovery. And, and you're absolutely right. I mean, this is jittery investors who are worried about a trade war, who have even more reason to be nervous now after China imposed those duties, as you said, on more than 120 goods that are exported regularly to China from the U.S., including things like apples and pork. In fact, one of the worst performers today was Tyson Foods, a meat, a meat processing company that, that uh, does things like pork loins and things like that. They, they did very poorly today. Some tech sco- uh, stocks have been hurting, too, um, every time this news resurfaces. It was, was it last week or the week before when the president made his first official comments uh, about the tariffs on, on the steel and the aluminum? And we saw tech stocks on Wall Street suffer because of it. And they kind of evened out a little bit because China said, well, we can negotiate this. Yep, absolutely. And not only that, we also have Wall Street reacting to what President Trump has been saying even more recently about Amazon and how they may or may not be paying their fair share in taxes and how they may or may not be hurting the Postal Service. That hurt Amazon stock today as well. Uh, so you've got stocks that and are on a razor's edge right now, if you will. And you've got even more importantly, investors that are on a razor's edge right now, very, very nervous traders who are reacting to all of these messages that, that they're hearing on a regular basis. And you're absolutely right about the tech stocks. Amazon closed down almost 4% today, and Facebook closed down about 3%, two stocks that are usually go-tos. Now, how is this playing out internationally, this discussion between, if you want to call it a discussion, that seems like a very nice term, this discussion between the United States and China over these uh, tariffs? How are other countries and other markets reacting to all of this? They're watching. They're watching very, very carefully, and we're going to have to watch how these markets perform tomorrow. Now, today is the first day of a quarter. 
the second quarter. You don't want to see a new quarter begin on, on, on the wrong foot. You don't want to see it begin in negative territory because often what you see in the first couple days of, of a quarter is what we see for the entire duration. So obviously the markets are, are, are very, very nervous about this, and they're, and they're watching what's going on right now. But as President Trump said, this is something that is to open the door to new negotiations for trade agreements between the U.S. and these countries. So we're going to have to wait and see what happens. Do you see it calming down the way that it did uh, the the last time that that we saw a drop like this a a couple weeks ago? Well, I, I'm not a financial professional. I'll tell you that, you know, firsthand, I'm, I'm a journalist just like you, and, I, and I'm watching this, you know, just like just like you are, and, and watching my retirement as well. And, and yeah, I, yeah, I mean, it's just one of the Wall Street, the the, the watchers yeah. saying the experts there. Absolutely. But, you know, if we go by history, what we normally see is that over the course of the long haul, stocks generally do go up. And one thing to keep in mind, too, we're at the beginning of April, and April is traditionally one of the strongest months for the markets. So hopefully, you know, that's that's reason to be a little more optimistic. Is there a sense of uh, fatigue at all on Wall Street? Because this year, since January, we've seen some wild, wild swings in terms of the volatility. Well, could you imagine what it would be like right now to be working on the New York Stock Exchange? Oh, God, no. I mean, think about it. A, a year, you know, a year ago, we were nowhere near where we are right now. Did you ever think we'd be saying, you know, we're down to twenty-three and change? Yeah, exactly. I mean, when you think about that, you've got so many shares that are being traded every day. So of course, we're going to see huge drops when we see drops, and we're going to see big gains when we see gains. So. Um, I think it's fairly safe to say that there that there may be a little fatigue among among traders. It's you know some experts are saying that while this is good for your retirement account, this is good for investors. We're also creating a stock market that's trading too quickly for humans to keep up with. All right, Daria, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Daria Albinger, there with the latest on what's going on in Wall Street. Um, we saw again. The Dow Jones Industrial Average end the day a little better than it um, It had some pretty low lows earlier in the day. But it, the Dow ended up down 459 points. The NASDAQ was down 193. S&P 500 was down 59. So uh, 2%, maybe 2.5%, depending on which index you look at. And we'll see how all of this plays into markets in Europe and Asia when they open up for uh, for their trading day. Are you going to stay up and, and monitor them? Uh, uh, it's possible possible are you worried that i'm gonna watch it no no i just know sometimes you like to keep an eye on things like global markets asian markets Mm -hmm. uh the biggest story of the day was the headline we all woke up to this morning and it was that little boy 13 year old boy who fell into a drainage pipe in griffith park on easter sunday was baby jessica your line baby jessica was my line that's a good one hey thanks i really like that thank you you're gonna go somewhere kid Oh, Gary and Shannon will continue. know what you do with all this uh, <laughs> compliment stuff. We'll talk about all of that when we come back. Gary and Shannon, right after this. Wrapping up the show today, John and Ken coming in just a few minutes. Yeah, we're going to have to talk to John about this Polish holiday. I, I heard this earlier today. Mm-hmm. 
And I'm full of questions. I what am as well. What Dingus Day? And he is our resident uh, Polish man. Polish expert, as a matter of fact. Polish expert, absolutely. Um, so last night there was a crazy and frantic search for a kid that I... Man, when I heard the story, I just assumed the worst had happened. A 13-year-old boy is hanging out with some buddies in um, in Griffith Park, and they're there for Easter, and he and some friends climb a fence they're not supposed to, and they're hanging out in an abandoned maintenance building, and they're jumping up and down on the wood plank floor. One of these planks breaks, and he drops 25 feet into a four-foot-wide pipe, I'm going to pull the car over really yeah, quick. Go ahead, this yeah. is like your biggest fear, huh? To be, I, <laughs> to be trapped in like a tunnel. Maybe that's why I thought that this was done. Uh, yes, I hate that idea. Because you imagine you you're you drop 25 feet down, you can't come back up. There's no. It's not like there's a ladder in that pipe. Oh boy. And you're just in. You know, I don't know how deep the sewage is at the bottom of that pipe, but. You're just sloshing around there for 13 hours? In a four-foot-wide pipe. The accident triggered what you could imagine was a frantic, massive search effort. Crews used remote video cameras, other Batman-like tools to locate the boy. I mean, we're talking about a maze of underground pipes and cisterns. A race against time is how they described it. And 13 hours is not good. When you go missing into the sewer for 13 hours, usually time is not on your side. And it's not, I mean, we can be thankful. I don't know if this would have been affected if there was a recent storm, if the runoff would have been that much more powerful, or if the pipes would have literally been full. They said that the survivability, however, diminishes in that toxic environment. You're not just talking about water. I mean, this is what exactly what you think sewage is. I mean, the grounds crew at Dodger Stadium knows exactly what's in these pipes. But if you imagine they went through and had searched about 2,400 feet of pipe in this network that parallels the L.A. River. It crosses under the freeways, et cetera, and they have cameras down there on ropes that they're letting float down these pipes. They said they were able to see wet handprints on the inside of the pipe of the other places that would normally have been dry, but that Jesse was able to, in the process of crawling through these pipes, unintentionally leave a message that he was making his way out one specific direction. They heard him after they saw the pipes and they went in that area uh, yelling out help. So they, they get him out there. They, uh, they, they, uh, they put a hose down and they kind of hoist him up and immediately <laughs> hose him off. And immediately say, uh, why don't you stand over there while we hose you off in just a little yeah. bit? Um, this is a this was a, a great story because they as they found him there was yet another maintenance crew it wasn't even a firefighter crew that was out there looking for him um, they were going to open up a manhole cover and drop in another camera basically to continue the search for him and they said as soon as they pop that manhole cover off down below like ten feet down there's Jesse thirteen year old kid looking right back up at him hello. What do our baby Jessica is now? She had her own kid, I think. If you don't remember baby Jessica, uh, Blake and uh, Nick weren't even born yet. No, they float too. <laughs> baby Jessica became famous October 14th, 1987. She was 18 months old. And this was in Midland, Texas. And she fell into a well in her aunt's backyard. 
So between that day and what, two more days, it was 58 consecutive hours to free her from this well, 22 feet down. And I mean, this was this was like one of the first stories that I remember where it's like round the clock news coverage of what's going on, baby Jessica. Did they get baby Jessica out yet? Yeah, and I remember very clearly the image of when she was taken out, and they had her, like, squished in the boards. Yeah. I remember if they, they had her, they were going to take her to the hospital right away, but they had to make sure that she stayed still because they didn't know the extent of her injuries. Yeah, they had, like, a, like just a piece of plywood that they kind of just uh, ace-bandaged her to, and she's all, remember, she's all caked with mud and everything? Yeah. And uh, and that that one rescuer with her, that that guy, the firefighter, or whatever, and and remember that he had to drill, like we've seen before, they had to drill uh, uh, another shaft parallel to the well that she fell into, and then drill a tunnel at a right angle across to the well that she was in. It's like an engineering feat. The only thing that made this even possible was the fact that they did this in Texas, Midland, Texas, because of all the oil drilling workers and guys with that knowledge that were able to help out in the in those instances she did lose a toe because of gangrene because she lost circulation she also has a scar on her forehead where her head rubbed against the well casing she had 15 surgeries over the years and has no firsthand memory of the event it took 45 hours for her before they finally were able to get her out uh a, a muscular roofing contractor born without collarbones, was the one who offered to go in to the shaft. Did you wow. hear that? No, I've never heard no. that part of the story before. No, me before. neither. Tell me that. He he had cle- cledocranial dysostosis, which meant that he was born without collarbones, so he could work in cramped corners. He could collapse his shoulders oh to work God. in cramped corners. He shows up and says, hey, uh, I don't have bones up here. I can go in the well. They ended up not using him, but uh, they did say that he helped clear some of the tunneling debris away. That's so that's so handy to not have collarbones and to be able to squeeze in little rescue babies. Um, Wait. <laughs> when she turned 25 back in 2011, yeah. she got a trust fund of donations up to 800 grand, which helped her buy her home that she lives in now with her two kids. It's less than two miles from the well. You don't. You wouldn't. You wouldn't move. I would get the hell away from that well. She was married for eleven years, uh, but they just got a divorce last year. <clears throat> oh, John's long, here. That's exciting because it, we need you need to explain your people here. So many questions about so many questions. Um, I learned this from Amy King today. Uh, Dingus Day, a Polish holiday after Easter. That's today. Only the Polish would have. A holiday called Dingus Day. Yeah, what does Dingus mean, John? I thought Dingus was some kind of body part. I I'd never heard of this day. Ding- we, didn't, we didn't celebrate this. At could home. this could this potentially? And I'm just going out on a limb here. Could this be an uh, April Fool's joke? Uh, it wouldn't surprise me. I never heard of it. But it's kind of not shocking. Uh, and I was in an immigrant household. A, a dingus day is when single boys try to splash water on single girls as expression of interest. Mm. Rooting from the baptism of the prince, the water represents cleansing, purification, and fertility. 
Wait, oh, so you cleanse the girl first? No, you just use squir- uh, squirt guns and you just squirt her. You're, Sim- you're oh, symbolically You cleanse her and then her. you nail her. Is that the... Uh, <laughs> now, the single girls, if she's into you, uh-huh. she reciprocates tomorrow by throwing crockery at you. <laughs> oh, I definitely dated a Polish girl then. Young, I remember that moment, yeah. Uh, young men crockery, and w- I thought it was uh, uh, Pussy Willows. Oh, I was just going to get to that part. Uh, young men and women can also flirt on Dingus Day with Pussy Willows, hmm. which are among the first plants to bud in the spring. <laughs> now, none of this ever happened. I even had a, a Polish girlfriend in high school. And she oh, really? never yeah. threw crockery at you or vases well, or I'm anything? Trying, uh, no, she never threw. See, maybe you never let her know that you were interested by squirting her with the water gun. And so she never threw crockery <laughs> on you. And the and the romance <laughs> never blossomed into what it could have been had you celebrated Dingus Day. <laughs> had I known then what I know now, <laughs> then I would have I squirted, squirted her? her. Yes, definitely. Hey, there's I, still time. I mean, I, you I got to keep the marriage. You got to keep some spice in I there. I could go track her down. Maybe you see if she'd be interested now. Oh, you just go home and squirt your wife. Yeah. <laughs> then I'd get the crockery. Then, it, yeah, she wouldn't wait a day. No, she'd, no. she'd come back right see, away. See, she's Italian, and they throw crockery in Italy too, but they for other it. reasons, yeah. they don't wait for Dingus <laughs> Day to throw. That's crockery. a good morning in Italy. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, What do you guys have coming up? Uh, what do we have coming up? Besides Dingus Day. <laughs> oh, Andrew Mollenbeck. I have to think. Andrew Mollenbeck is coming in, uh, uh, coming on in just a few minutes because they're clearing out the encampment at the, uh, at the Orange County Civic Center or the Santa Ana Civic Center where the county government is. Wow. Yeah, the, you know, the, uh, the Plaza of the Flags? Sure. Yeah, there's hundreds of people there. We've, you guys, we you saw that a show up. there. Yes, right? we did. Yeah, yeah it's, just, it's so foul. But they're going to break that up now, too. Is that where you guys picked up Nick? That's where he was, picked up Nick. Yeah, he had a, he had a nice tent though. That's what we were impressed. It's like it's, he had two he had two zippers on his. Yeah, tent. I think he was he was like a mayor. He was a political figure. So <laughs> we thought he had something. Did you see Nick's going. new haircut? No, looks no. very nice. Not looks, homeless at all. Looks clean. He's cleaned up for He's you. Cleaned guys. up. Clean. Yeah. yeah. All right, John and Ken. Good talk. Coming up next. Good talk. We'll Thanks. see you tomorrow. <laughs> Stay dry, everybody. Well, goodbye. I don't think it hasn't been a little slice of heaven, because it hasn't. Gary and Shannon.